Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no. You know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap cheapo cars and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. This is like a 
What's up, everybody? Sorry about being late. Uh, literally a minute before we went live, or we're supposed to go live, uh, my internet just completely died on me, and I had to reset everything. It just crashed so, on all yeah. of us. I mean, it, it crashed bad. But uh, but we're here now, uh, and we're just ready to go. We uh, we have Richmond to talk about this week. We have the Bristol Night Race that's coming up. Ooh, I love that race. Ooh, we have AJ Almondinger. We got schedule stuff. NASCAR is like, I, I know every sport gets excited for schedules, but NASCAR, it seems like it's just to another level, um, especially since they've been going new. But let's let's start it off with Richmond. Uh, I want to know from your guys' perspective how the race was, because being there in person, it had its moments, and I could see a lot of racing in the pack, but I'm going to admit it was probably the most boring race in person i was at i don't yeah. want to be negative about it I'm <laughs> you be honest, i was i was falling asleep it was probably more exciting in person i definitely was falling asleep on the couch yeah look i'm gonna be honest here like richmond it, i mean it's just one of those tracks where now like it's just it doesn't wow you anymore like i, I think in the 90s and you know some uh some parts of the early 2000s and for a brief moment in 2014, it for sure wowed us, but I don't know. It's just lately, it's just consistently been just there really. I mean, it's just, it's not terrible, but it's just, it just doesn't wow you anymore. Like it used to. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. It's a couple different grooves of racing. I do like the night race atmosphere. And I know that's one thing that I want to hear your take on in a moment, Jared, the atmosphere, especially during pre-race. But uh, other than that, it's kind of just typical Richmond, you know, it's decent racing. It kind of had a blowout towards the end. Hamlin closing on Truex made it somewhat interesting towards the end, but nobody ever really thought Truex's lead was in serious jeopardy. So, you know, at least the playoff drivers continued to kind of make mistakes throughout the evening, whether it was McDowell, Bush, they all had mistakes. Truex uh, on the initial start, you know, all had issues at some point. Or the Kurt Busch blowing a tire and wrecking, that was a dramatic moment at least. Um, but you know, it's a three and a half hour race and there are only a few big moments scattered throughout. It's just, it was fine. It was, it was a very average race. The first 300 laps were pretty, pretty good in my opinion. And then yeah. the last hundred were just like really, 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 really bad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dragged on really for too long there. what do you think overall of it, Danny? Yeah, no, it was definitely a, a snoozer is how I describe it. Uh, it's not surprising to me that they are losing the playoff race because I just don't think that it fits there anymore. Yeah. Uh, oh, it, I, it's just, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I really quick want to say, Hey, to smoke carbon. Uh, it was really cool hanging out with hey. you. And yes, I did hug you at Richmond. I'll say this. Um, Richmond for me was definitely better. I mean, obviously most races are, but for me, it was better in person, uh, than it was at home. Uh, I, that you could see a lot more of the track. There was racing. There was multiple. Holy Jesus. We'll get oh, to that at the halfway yeah. point. Uh, okay. um, <laughs> and thank you. Um, but I, I, I will say it was, it was a lot better in person. With that being said to me, the best part of the night for the most part was pre-race. Um, I, I, I want to talk about that really quick. Yeah, go for it. So they handed us when we walked in, uh, we from what I could see, small American flags. And I didn't bring mine in. It's in my car right now. Uh, and so everybody had American flags waving. They had, um, I believe that, that, so they had a fire truck. Um, there was a lot of stuff for police, ambulance, uh, a lot of stuff just for, for a lot of heroes for 9-11. Uh, the, they had, uh, I don't know if they showed it on TV, they had a flyover that then did like, 
I, I don't know how they, many laps. They showed, they showed that they started circling the track. It was it was amazing in person, uh, and and the fact that Richmond had so many people there, which I was really happy to see. It was packed. Uh, it made it even better. Like I, I, I wish I would have um, gotten it ready for the show to to put on there, but uh, tonight. But I have this shot of that fire truck coming by, and you just see all these American flags waving, and it's just like a sea of American flags on the camera. See, I'm um, glad to know that they did have that because they honestly didn't i don't think they showed the american flags enough on tv like i i they said that they the fans had american flags they said that during the xfinity race and the cup race but i never saw i saw them. They, like, they, like during so, pre-race they like they they like panned over the speedway so, during yeah pre-race. there's no close so there were there were two different um there were two different tributes to 9-11 so that was the one on the cup race for the xfinity race what happened is they had everybody stand up from laps nine through 11 and had a moment of silence. And, and that was really moving too, to see, I don't know if they, I, they probably they, showed that on that TV. on the broadcast, the broadcast went silent. Well, the announcers did. And I wasn't sure if they made an announcement over the PA or something, because it looked like all the crew members were in on it. They knew it was going to happen. So they stood up on mm-hmm. the pit boxes with the American flags. And then they kind of cut to the stands on TV and you saw people kind of looking around and realizing, Oh yeah, stand up. Like everyone kind of suddenly realized what was happening. And so they didn't it joined tell in. us. Okay. That's, yeah, what I was wondering. So that's pretty cool. First. That's cool that they all sort of everyone kind of noticed the moment like you know coming into it nobody was probably expecting it like even going to show up to the race yeah. like oh i can't wait for lap nine but it was cool that everyone kind of saw what was happening on pit road and sort of joined in is what it looked like i thought that was pretty mm-hmm. neat so yeah it, it, it was that and then they had um they had uh stuff set up on on the the scoring pylon too but it was hard to see because it was very small mm-hmm. uh but it did feel very organic in the moment I just, I, I wanted to bring like attention to that just in case, you know, I don't know what the broadcast, I'm assuming the broadcast did a good job. Oh uh, dude, they had like a whole pre-race thing, like with new interviews from junior when he won at a uh, Dover a couple weeks after nine 11, they really went all out for it. Yeah. definitely. Well, I'm glad. Cause that was like, that was something then, I was wondering. And then even, the even track. Jeff Burton, even Jeff Burton during the pre-race was like preaching, you know, unity in the country right now, you know, cause it's so divided and stuff like that. And, 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 you know, I know Jeff Burton gets a lot of crap for, you know, stuff he says in the booth and stuff like that and not being a good commentator sometimes but you know pre-race you know saying that you know that message and stuff that was pretty cool well and and i'm just i i can say you know and I'll, and this will finish off just this because we, we do gotta get to the racing yeah. um i i will say being there like just realizing the moment especially during the cup race like i did get misty eyed because i was just looking around and just like it, it was it was nice to see just sort of that moment, like, you know, it, it's, hard, it's weird to say a moment of peace in person, but it did feel, it felt like a moment of peace. You could see people just sort of nothing else for that little moment mattered, but that, and, and it was, it was really cool to see, you know, you don't see that too much. Um, but something you do see a little bit is trouble for playoff guys. I'm, I'm on a oh, segue. Yeah. I am. Uh, <laughs> probably not the, the most yeah, impressive yeah. segue. And I'd give that a six out of 10. <laughs> um, but there were some problems for playoff guys. Some of them recovered. Some didn't. I want to ask you guys, because see the lines at Richmond were awful and I got stuck in one of them. So I only could see a little TV, man, that Kurt Bush one came out of nowhere. Like at yeah, least he lost it. his, yeah, he lost the wheel. It wasn't on all well, the, or, the tread. It was a flat. Or the tread. Flat, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Flat, yeah. Flat, yeah. 
Yeah, it, so it was he, weird because like, he didn't know it either. They, I was watching uh, Radioactive today, and they came out of the pits like I think they came out with the lead or top two. They they had a good pit mm-hmm. stop, maybe too yep. good. I don't know. Uh, they come out on the track, and I think during the pace laps, at least that's where it was played over Radioactive. He says something like, "Hey, I think I might have a flat left rear as they're going green." And then yeah, it was like three laps in, he lost a couple of spots. It was clear something was wrong, and then it just snapped. It, that was one of those. There's a, there's a Twitter account. I don't know if they watch the show. I feel like it's the kind of Twitter account that would. It's it's like perfectly cut NASCAR screams, and then it, it was like <laughs> yeah, one of those yeah, yeah. where Kurt goes spinning the wall, and the broadcast all collectively went, "Oh!" <laughs> you know, right as he slammed the wall. Yeah, of course, Junior. Of course, Junior is like screaming during. Yeah. So I'm like, "Oh, trouble car on the wall here!" No, no. It, it, it looked like a big hit. It was scary at first because he hit driver's side, for, uh, driver's side kind of pancaked it, honestly. So I'm yeah. sure it rattled him a little bit. He obviously got out, thankfully, seemed to be okay. But, uh, yeah, huge hit. He came into this race, I think, fourth plus, like, 26. And I think he leaves, yep. like, just barely in, like, by one he or is, two points. He is tied, tied currently. Tied. And we'll get to the we'll get to the playoffs. He's t- tied currently with Alex Bowman. Uh-oh. Um, so I guess, we, you know, we can – I, I want to talk about a little bit the finish because I don't know if there was really too much action. I didn't really see too much action to be completely real with you. I didn't show much on TV. Yeah, so it's just Truex was gone. <laughs> I, I will say this at the track, you could see like you could see how much Hamlin was running Truex down those last like mm-hmm. 40 laps. Like I heard I heard a lot of people being like, we all knew Truex is gonna win. Like at the track, I mean I might be the only one just because I was, you know, running on three hours of sleep. But it did seem like being there that like Man, if if Truex gets caught up in traffic, like in one corner, like Hamlin will get him. Like, yeah, it, I mean, even on the broadcast, close. they were talking about it. Like, oh well, Hamlin, he's got to close in. Like, I think it was like eight or seven point five seconds once he was, you know, up to full mm-hmm. speed after his yep. uh, after his uh, pit stop. And I mean, on the final lap, he was like, he he did close it to like one point six seconds, but I mean, it was just it was still a a, a bit of ways off though, unfortunately. So I mean, it was a val- it was a pretty good effort at least though. They kept it somewhat interesting on the broadcast because I think with maybe like I mean, it, it, granted, it was only like five or six laps to go at this point, but they played a communication between uh, James Small and Truex where I think Small said something like, "Hey, like he's within three seconds, we gotta go, gotta go." And Truex and was Truex like, was tires like, are gone. Dude, like he he Lewis yeah. Hamilton did. He's like, "I have no tires," and you know, starting to yeah, he but he like also was like one lap. He was he, also he was sliding he, around. You could see it. He was also kind of like, hey, just let me drive here. Like, he didn't exactly yeah, yeah. say that, but there was at one point where he was like, hey, dude, I, I know what I'm doing. They had a couple moments like that this year. Not to get all, like, you know, drama-focused or anything, but, like, Well, I, I mean, like, like, Truex, he, he's the veteran, and, you know, this is a brand-new crew chief, yeah, so yeah. I feel like, you know, yeah, I think, there'll you know, be that sometimes. Some, some Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss-esque little snippy moments in the last few Hey, they've won, they've won four races, so I, I know, hey, but Jimmy Johnson good. and Chad Knauss had won, like, four or five championships by the time they started jawing at each yeah. other, so I just, you know, there's a little bit of a difference there. You just never know, but obviously results speak for themselves he held on and won but i thought that was interesting yeah uh re- really quick before because i do want to get uh really quick about this but uh some could someone please edit eric saying that over lewis hamilton yeah, like say, driving <laughs> did i do a decent do impression did you like my yeah F1 it was good I, I liked it i liked it or or as uh, as radman likes to quote in his uh 2000 or thunder 03 videos books books lewis I just want a but, crew chief to tell a driver to box in NASCAR. One I don't think I've ever made a Formula One reference in public, so I'm glad that didn't go horribly wrong. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll say that the thing I didn't understand about what uh, what Hamlin and his team was doing is you could see Truex gaining time because he pitted before other drivers like mm-hmm. Hamlin did. And I was wondering as those pit stops were going, I'm like, Maybe they were just running it right to the end, but it seemed like they were running more of a tire strategy. Why didn't Hamlin pit 
before Truex did? Because it was easy to see like when they were going to be pitting. I thought oh, no. I remember thinking Truex seemed to he seemed to pit very early in that last cycle. I remember Kyle Busch was on the last pit stop. He got hit with a was it a speeding penalty. He had it a, was yeah yes. tire penalty earlier in the race, I believe. Yeah, so I think originally it looked like it might come down to Bush Bush Truex Hamlin or you know Bush was going to be involved, and I think that was maybe what who Truex reacted to. I just realized this too. Like they finished one, two, three. If Kyle Bush doesn't get that speeding penalty, one, two, three, that's four. another one, two, three, four finish. They were like, one, two, three, yeah. four a lot of the night. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Thought, I thought they were gonna be able to do it. Yeah, dang it, KFB. But hey, it's well, still got a good finish at least. Looking down here right now, uh, we have the playoff cut line. Uh, I can read it off really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Blaney. So I, I'll be real. If they're like way ahead or they're locked in, yeah, I, they're we fine. Don't, we're not, locked we in on points. Care. Just, just to mention mm-hmm. that yes. he did. Yes. He did. Uh, so Ryan Blaney is fifth, plus 28. Harvick is plus 25 and sixth. Chase Elliott plus 19 and seventh. Eighth is Christopher Bell plus 17. He's the one who surprised me this round, but I'll mm-hmm. get to him in a bit. Ninth is Brad Keselowski plus 13. KFB only plus eight in 10th. Uh, I'll, I'll, I want to ask you guys on the spot, all three of you. Should Kyle Busch be worried? going into bristol yeah it's bristol it's i don't bristol, think he, man. he can't race worried i think he just has to go out i've seen him drag a carcass of a race car up into mm-hmm. the top five at bristol before so i think barring any catastrophic issues i think he'll be okay i think he's yeah. got the talent there i, I mean would, like obviously oh go ahead sorry i would not be worried about kyle bush that's he knows that like the back of his hand as long as yeah. there's no dirt on it he's fine <laughs> like, i mean like i mean we've seen kyle bush getting you know catch up and um get uh caught up into some bad luck there before though so i mean like anything can happen in bristol though but i mean yeah i mean for the most part this is a bread and butter track for kfb so at the i think worst case scenario if he finishes the race you know the top 10 run would be the worst case scenario and then he'll just make it in but man, we'll see i'm wanting happens. to say 2018 night race he went down a lap and came back and had no rear bumper on his car and was looking like he could win that until something happened to him and then in 2019 he also had uh, a crash on the opening lap and come back to win that one in the spring so kyle bush don't worry well and then behind him in 11th is eric almarola we talked about kurt bush and alex bowman tied kurt bush has a tiebreaker at the moment tyler reddick is 14th minus five william byron minus 18 and 15th and 16th is the uh well, it, it, it just put him out of his misery. Like oh, just, just put him out. I oh, can't watch. Oh no. Uh, so, I think because I'm I'm gonna ask. I want to hear you guys on the spot. Your four predictions of who's not gonna make it. I I'm. Can I just take Michael McDowell off the board? Can that be a gimme? Yeah, we can. We can the free space on the board. Go ahead and take him out back and end it. So yeah. Take him out to pasture. Take, take him out to pasture. Right Breaking the fourth wall. Jared, as he said that, deleted McDowell from our itinerary, mm. our Google yeah. Doc. Yeah, <laughs> well. just, just, I mean, you might it. as well at this point. So That's Michael McDowell, bad. obviously for all of us, we know is not going to make it. So. All right, so who are your other three? I, who wants to start off? Because I'll be real. I put myself on the spot a little bit with it too. Well, let's it's just start, hard. Let's just start. William Byron, minus 18. I don't think he makes it. They struggle at Richmond. I don't know how good he is at Bristol, but he's going to need to finish top five in all the stages to have a shot. I, I just I don't think he's going to do it. I think Byron's eliminated. Yeah. I'm I'm going to be honest here too. I'm with Eric on that one. I mean, it's going to take a lot. I mean, like now, if you were behind like minus eight, then that would be a much different story. But you know, minus eighteen there, you got some other competitive guys. You know, vying for playoff spots as well. Yeah, I mean, if 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 we have at least one Hendrick car. Um, get eliminated in the first round it'll probably be William Byron 
Okay. Yeah. What do you think, Danny? I'm going through average finishes. Out of all, out of those uh, few drivers there towards the end, Tyler Reddick, I feel better about. His average finish at Bristol is actually 16th. He's only had two chances. He finished fourth here last year, actually, in the night race. So that bodes pretty well for him. I'm pretty worried about Bowman. His average finish is 20th. Uh, He did good randomly in 2018, got fifth and eighth there. But after that, nothing much. Byron, I'd be definitely worried about him. His average finish is 19th. And then, yeah, Almirola is actually worst of them all. He's average finish is 23rd. So I'd be worried about Almirola here. Kurt Busch, we don't worry about him. He's He won here in like 18, right? Yeah, yeah. he's won here like six times maybe as many as his brother he's one here a few times yeah i, I yeah so yeah, like i think kurt bush is okay i think eric amarola is in trouble even though he's plus three right now i, I just don't trust that car's speed um i'm gonna throw a wild card for you guys because okay. i have mcdowell byron amarola okay at this team for me just has not been on it this year Uh-oh. i think the drivers i think the driver everyone is sort of checking out at this point i, I don't think they should be where they are right now this goes to the line i'm going brad keselowski See, I yeah, had Kozlowski go yeah, out to begin this round, but he's mm-hmm. plus 13. I just, I think, I, I'm with you, Jerry. He's going to run 12th all night, but he's probably going to finish 12th. He's going to avoid the catastrophic race, and I think he's going to limp his way through to the next round, at least the way things are going. I, I think, but I, mm-hmm. I, I would have been, I was with you two weeks ago. Let me put it this way. I was 100% mm-hmm. with you two weeks ago, and they have not shown that much speed these first two playoff races. We, we have had a proven, though. I mean, we had talked about, I think, that, what, was Kurt Busch fourth up 26 and now he's literally zero points in? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's, it, it's so close. This is the first time in a while for me that it's felt like the first round of the playoffs actually has some meaning to to it when sure. it comes to who yeah, can get eliminated. It's definitely not as predictable as in years well, past. Because the drivers you look, that like, if, if Tyler Reddick makes it through this first round, which may be a long shot at this point, but if he makes it through this first round, I think he could go to the next round. He could go round of eight. I think the th- mm-hmm. second round is such a wild yeah. card round, and there are a lot enough decent cars, tenth to sixteenth on the grid, that if you make it through this first round, hell, Michael McDowell could could win at the Roval or date or Talladega in the next round and get to the round of eight if he's not careful. But you got to get through this first round first. Well, and you, you look at the ones who could fall out. Like, tell me if I read these off, which ones couldn't make it to the round of eight or make a final four run? Brian Blaney, Chase Elliott. Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, and I'll, I'll even throw in Alex Bowman and William Byron, seeing how yeah. last year Bowman went on such a run at the end of the year. No, that's true. If Byron gets eliminated this first round, and he, heck, even if Bowman gets eliminated this first round, which is, I'd honestly, at this rate, with the lack of speed they've shown the last two weeks, he'd be my fourth guy out in this first round. I just don't see it happening. But if one or both of those drivers get out, I think the Joe Gibbs cars, for sure, those teams have to be looking at two heavyweights that just got knocked out in the first round because they just didn't have the speed. I mean, that's a little weight off their shoulders, a little pressure off their backs. It's just crazy how, you know, after, uh, you know, uh, potentially after round one, we could have not just one, but two HMS cars out of the playoffs entirely after the first round. It's nuts. You know, I don't know what all would have to happen for this to happen. I know he's plus 28, but Ryan Blaney has had a lot of races at Bristol where he's been crashed out. Yes. I, I'm not going to trust I remember. Here. I remember 2018, the spring race. He was leading. All that lap traffic straight up took him out after, in the first 50 laps there. It looked yeah. like he had a good car early on. I I can't trust him. I mean, his average finish is only 18th here. So. Yeah, he's a he's, little suspect here. He's had the speed. Is 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 like he's, he's done better. He's done better as, as a white. And the funny thing is, I'm looking at some of these finishes here. 
that in in 2020 he finished second in stage one, but had that crash with Ty Dillon, mm-hmm. and he finished uh, 40th. So mm-hmm. yeah, that happens. If he finishes 40th, I don't care if he got second stage one, he's probably out. His finishes have not been indicative of where he's ran, and and that's where I, I'm seeing that. I think this season it just it does feel different for Blaney. Now we can come back next week and someone can clip this and be like, wow, look at what a dumbass Jared is. <laughs> but all of us are. It does, it does feel like this year he's capitalized more on where he's ran compared to other years. I mean, obviously with the wins, uh, that that really shows to it. I just I, I do feel like Blaney is a bit of a different driver this year. And maybe that's because he's higher up now on the, on the Penske totem pole. Because I feel like Brad Kozlowski is just like, oh, yeah, he's been he's been yeah, he's been demoted like, oh, you're not going to be here next year. So no reason for you to stay in the meetings and find out what we're doing. So I'll ask you guys this last one before we move from the playoff talk. There's one person, just one driver who seems like they should be an easy lock, but we could be a shock miss at the end of this race. Who would you pick? Uh, I mean, just based on the entire season, I mean, he's turned it around for now, but I mean, I'm looking at this playoff cut line. I mean, at the playoff grid, Kevin Harvick is plus 25 there. I mean, he did win here last year though, but I mean, I'm just saying this year in the regular season, he's been a little suspect sometimes, but I'm just, I mean, I'm not saying he will, but if, you know, if a lot would have to happen, I think for that to happen, of course, but I would pick him. I look at, I'd say Chase Elliott. Well, no, I think Kyle Busch is the most realistic that could get eliminated because he's only plus eight. And you know, yeah, Bristol, most realistic, if he finishes yeah. last, he's in trouble. But I think Kyle Busch is good enough at Bristol. He'll overcome that. So I look at Chase Elliott, the defending champion, is only plus 19. And, you know, Larson's been the star at Hendrick this year. But Chase Elliott's got a couple wins and has been very consistent himself. I think, I, I don't know, a lot of people have him in the championship four. You know, Chase Elliott's a very real deep playoff pick. And when you're only plus 19, we as we keep saying, Kurt Busch lost about 26 points in one race to the cut line because he had a tire issue that he didn't even realize he had and still doesn't understand how it happened. Uh, something like that happens to Chase Elliott early in this race, and that'd be a shocking elimination early. Yeah. I mean, I think I already said it. Depending on, on how Blaney's day goes, he could easily lose it all here in Bristol. Well, I'll pick someone outside of Brad Kozlowski here for this one. I I mean, for how he's ran and how I think he should run at Bristol, uh, I I'd say Christopher Bell. I mean, he's plus 17 right now. He's he's really surpassed pretty much everyone's expectations for him so far. And the Gibbs cards are doing a lot better. But again, Bristol is Bristol. It could really, you know, he, he could be knocked out in one corner. Ryan Newman could come up in front of him and mess up his <laughs> um, I wanted to say him, but we've also never had a chance to see him properly in a Joe Gibbs car at Bristol because obviously Dirt Bristol and last year was uh, Levine family. So he hasn't had the right chance for me to say yes or no on that. I just think with how good JGR has been lately, he really could have a chance at going far if he keeps, you know, the consistency up. And I, I want to, before we move on, I want to shout out in the chat that uh vote Kyle 3000 says Brad has senioritis. Phoning <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. it in. Ready to go to college. <laughs> well, this uh college is Roush. Um, man, uh, he might hit he's a few gonna, balls. There. He's got a lot of work to do there, basically. Well, looking uh, at the ratings for this past week, it was slightly better than last year. Uh, but in a way, because of how it's just slightly been getting better, 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 uh, there's actually a cool stat about the ratings this week. So it was a 1.07 rating, which is plus two uh, hundredths of a rating point. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, plus 
Yeah, two hundredths of a rating point. Uh, and then 1.784 million viewers watched this week, which means 44,000 more than this race last year, on top of the fact that we did have fans this, uh, at this race. Uh, and really cool stat here, even though it's by a small amount, this was the highest watched fall Richmond race since 2017. Hey, that's wow. good. Hey, we went back all the way to point, And it got 1.7 million viewers. That's that's, that's crazy. That's not great for Richmond, but that's good yeah, for this race, Richmond race, I guess, specifically. I'll, I'll say on this show, we were wondering in 2018 if Richmond would be the first race to go under a 1.0 rating. And it's like, it's staying afloat, baby. <laughs> Still, somehow, <laughs> some way. I, I do think it's interesting. Barely hanging on. That's two weeks in a row. First two playoff races where the ratings and the viewership have been a tick higher than last year. So I think NASCAR, everyone's got to be feeling a little, at least okay about that. Yeah. That momentum up. Um, so let's, uh, Darren, what what do we got next, man? Yes, we have the poll, the famous iceberg poll, and we don't have a new poll record. (laughs) No, just like, because it's Richmond. Yeah. Just like the TV audience, the uh, voting audience was a little smaller. Uh, one, so we had 11.7 thousand who voted on the poll this week. I asked you, what did you think of the 2021 federated auto parts salute to first responders? 13% of you said this was a great race. 30% said it was a good race. Uh, 46% of you said average, 7 said below average, and 4 said bad. Uh, I don't have the numbers pulled up right now, but that's around where the other Richmond races have been. The Jeff Gluck poll was way worse. <laughs> was well, way the Gluck worse. poll was interesting. It was like 55% positive, I think, like 55% yeah. yes. But, but so, like, I think he had a stat that like five of the last seven Richmond races have failed to hit 60% positive. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's not great for mm. Richmond. Yikes, that's not good. And, and the thing is, too, like, I'll be real, and I because I, I do vote on the Jeff Gluck poll, and I'll be honest with you guys, because it doesn't mean if you say no, it doesn't mean it was a bad race, just mm. can mean average and not good. Yeah. I accidentally hit good. Um, <laughs> I hit no. If, if you want to say it's average, what do you actually say? Do you say it was horrible, or what do you say then? Well, I just, I mean, it's a yes or I think without it's a yes or no question. You know, so it's just see at least with the iceberg poll, the famous iceberg poll, <laughs> you have five options. <laughs> I love, dude. I like giving options. Like I like, yeah. I like letting people choose like what they think of it. Uh, and something else they can choose to do is comment. Uh, and the number one comment that I have on my screen is from By Not. Uh, it says this was definitely one of those races where you really felt all four hundred laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh let's see what we got here rudy k says stages one and two were surprisingly good stage three dried out quite a bit and let's take a moment to realize how great ross chastain is with the 750 yes pack. yes dude he's been uh, like immediately as soon as the play like imagine if he made it imagine if he made the playoffs how be, good he he'd would be, be looking oh. good right now going to the next round. yeah oh he's just got to get that consistency up yeah I've, I've, I've read this guy before, but I just love his username so much. Bruh, I'm a pigeon, says, <laughs> quoting Dale Jr., we don't see dominance much anymore. What series have you been watching? <laughs> oh, he did say that. It comes That's in right. waves. It's not like full season. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. Last year, well, well you also have to you also have to, to remember, he grew up watching his dad in the 80s and stuff, in, in, in 90s as well. And in the 80s, Dale Sr. would win, like, what, like, 10, 12 races a season, it seemed like sometimes. So I think his definition of dominance might be different. What was know? the last double-digit win season in NASCAR? Jeff Gordon, 1998. Was it Gordon? No, Jimmy Johnson. Oh, oh no, Jimmy Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, 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 Johnson. Damn, my bad, my bad. Johnson, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Carl Edwards was close, and, and yeah. Kevin Harvick was close, but mm-hmm. it was Jimmy 07, I think. Yeah, he was on I'm, a real. I, I feel like I'm forgetting one. 
but I'm pretty sure it's been because, okay, I had made a comment on a stream or a video and I was like, you know, it was actually relative. It was pretty recent. The last time someone won double digit races, 2007, they're like, Jarrett, that was almost 15 years ago. I'm like, <laughs> it feels recent it to was. me. <laughs> it feels recent to me, man. It's recent to me. It's like, oh, it's like it's a meme. Jarrett, we've been through like three and a half versions of the car now since then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The sport, the wing has come and gone, Jared. How, wow! They even took away the splitter and put like a solid thing there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got to move on before I have an existential crisis. Oh, um, so look at here, Josh Carney says, "Not a bad race by any means. I'm not a Truex fan necessarily, but it's still cool seeing someone absolutely dominate a section of a race to win it." I mean, it's different. Yeah, we don't sure. see it as much anymore. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The super sorry. chat says, "Bruh, he's a pigeon." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, not to kind of like go back to what we were talking about, but Camelot 331, I, I've been seeing him in the chat tonight. Casey hey, Payne and Newman come close. I knew about Newman. I didn't know Casey yeah. Payne come close. In 2000, well, well, in 2006, he won six races. So, I mean, like, Junior kind of sort of came close, I guess you could say. But, Kenseth had yeah. seven in 2013. Let's yeah. see. Uh, Elliot Fan says, JGR could have had a one, two, three, four finish if Kyle mm-hmm. had gotten fourth. But other than that, five out of ten. So wait, is he... <laughs> I don't understand his criteria. <laughs> he must be a Joe Gibbs racing fan. Oh, <laughs> I love that, Danny. I love it. We're bringing lyrics back. Hail to the king. Nice. That's oh, that's yeah. awesome. I'm harding that. I, I, I didn't even know that I got a lot of likes. I didn't check on it. No, it got three, but I found it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm the third. It immediately <laughs> just scrolls through it. Awesome. That's funny. Oh, that's so uh, cool. I missed the lyrics. I need to do more lyrics again. Yeah. Hail to the king. Musical show. Uh, maybe, maybe, that, maybe they can use that for the intro uh, on the broadcast for Richmond next year. Let's see. Let's get to the bottom. Let's get to the bottom of this and see what comment we have. Oh, God. The bottom of the barrel. Jeez. You know, for not very many uh, votes, there was a lot of... Okay. this is uh, There were a lot of comments. All right. Last comments from Random Stuff 4. <laughs> Oh, it's got to be negative. Negative. It's going to be a real Debbie Downer. All right. It's going to be a long one here. It's going to be a book. Uh, If it's long, it's negative. Oh, God. Rigged. (laughs) Rigged? That's it. That's the What's chapter two? (laughs) Well, wait a minute. We could say, we could say, if we go down here, um, that the final one is, and I'm not reading that. Um. <laughs> hey, hey, how about you bleep stuff out? Um, okay, bleep our bleep and bleep. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, we got absolutely nothing from that. Um, that is poetry. That's poetry. I was sitting here trying to think why on earth would NASCAR rig a race for Martin Truex Jr., and then I realized. Both winners on Saturday drove the Bass Pro Shops machines. Ooh, uh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Morris. Johnny, Johnny Morris. Morris. He's is, got deep pockets. <laughs> well, speaking of both. Speaking of, I, I just saw that super chat. <laughs> speaking of uh, both races here, we got the Xfinity race. I want to start out with stage one. Tommy Joe Martin stole the show. and Standing and, ovation. Dang. He did. He did steal the show. I mean, he almost had that. I mean, Frost saw him and Dinger for getting that win. But oh, oh, we're all standing. Oh. Yes, yeah, it was standing over. Oh, all rise. Right. <laughs> we were all doing it. All right. But yeah, no, that was pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. Um, unfortunately, he got jinxed later on in the race. <laughs> I saw. Does that, does that, does that count as podcast good luck? 
Uh, I think he I mean, like, hey, that's he the, best the best TV time world. he's gotten in yeah, a while. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I saw him tweet that he talked to David Starr, and David Starr like kind of apologized, and then said, "Yeah, but I did it on purpose <laughs> to try and stay on Louis' <laughs> lap." <laughs> so David you know, freaking you know Starr, man. Like... David Starr apologized, and then I've never heard a driver apologize and say, "By the way, I did do it on purpose." <laughs> I'm wondering if um, I'm wondering though if like during the week. Tommy Joe gets a call and it's Noah Gregson being like, I feel you, man. I hey, honestly, <laughs> I even want to I like apologize to Noah Gregson. I still think that Homestead deal was just a fluke tire went down. But now, after yeah. what we've seen David Starr do, maybe he did screw up. Maybe He's it was a, a, a ran out of town. But maybe Gregson was right. I, I will at least give him that. Yeah, he's got a point. But- well, we had that. We had a frantic fight for the stage one win. Well, we also had a frantic fight for just the race win, like between yeah. the basically, I like to call the final minutes of an NBA game where it goes on forever with cautions. Um, and the fact that there were just a lot of people that were vying for the lead, three wide passing for the lead, different tire strategies. So you guys at home knew a lot more than me because I'm sitting here like seething in anger about Junior's horrible strategy. Oh, yeah. Only had to find out before he sped that it was an actual good one. So I want to ask you, like, what was the strategy calls with everyone out there? I mean, it, it just seemed like everyone was just out of tires. And then they were just like, you know, uh, the um, the drivers who did, you know, pit uh, during the uh, the caution laps would be at um, much older tires, I guess. But it, there was, I don't know. I don't remember how many laps. I think it was about 60 laps to go. Everyone had one set of tires left. And so most everybody came in and put that final set on. Dale Jr. and a few others near the front stayed out thinking we'll probably get a caution in the last 30 or 40 laps and then we'll put our fresh tires on and we'll blow through the field and so that was the theory that was the the plan uh caution came out with like 30-ish laps to go and it looked like it was going to work out okay for dale and friends until he sped on pit road even then he drove up he finished like 14th right i i I don't know what the amount of time because there's a bunch of other cautions that followed it with all the restarts in a row and everyone having like scuffs on he probably was going to maybe get to like seventh or eighth. I don't know that he was going to win. It was a risky strategy that I didn't mind them trying because I don't think uh, maybe you'll probably agree, uh, Jared. I don't think he was going to win straight up from where he was at. He looked no. like he was about a seventh or eighth place car by the end. Yeah, no, I, um, I I thought that when I was watching it that he had maybe – I think he had a top five car. I think he just didn't have a good enough car to get past traffic. He wasn't going to stay with those top three. Like those top three were just in another league that day. Um, or, or that race, I should say it was the same day. Uh, but I'll say that I, I enjoyed watching him still be competitive and drive up through the pack. And then I saw this awesome line he had where he's like, it's like Christmas back here. <laughs> <laughs> and, then it's, and I think it was, was it NASCAR man. I think it was who compared it with an old one where he's like F and bleep and bleep, 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 <laughs> F him. I'm just like, man, retirement changes the driver. It does. He's more chill. Well, I thought it was funny. You probably saw it, Jared, but early in the race, he was kind of going back and forth in like 18th with Josh Williams, and they played both of their audio over the broadcast. Dale was bumping and bumping him, saying, "Uh, he's probably not happy, but this is a lot of fun. I'm just racing. They then (laughs) hear Josh Williams' audio, and it's either him or his spotter, like, ah, he thinks he owns the place, got cursing. What is he doing out there? They they were like laughing. They they were fine after the race. It was like in the heat of battle. Dale Mm -hmm. was just on cruise control, having the time of his life. Josh yeah. Williams and team were like, what is he doing? This, this dude. <laughs> so yeah, that 
I'll admit, I I want to say this as a junior fan, like Josh Williams does not deserve a bunch of hate for him because they were battling hard for. Eight. Oh wait, were people hating on him? Dude, no, Josh Williams someone... said that someone legit burned a hero card. <laughs> yeah, Man, he's, just, then... he's doing his job. And that's, dude, why is, it's always funny. junior fans all the time, and I'm a diehard junior fan. But why is it like? I'll, I'll oh, admit, like... I, I wouldn't have gone that far. But I admit, I would have been probably a toxic junior fan if like I was not. You know, if I you was, wouldn't if burn was... his hero card. Though. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, dude. That's if I, I think I'm that's funny. Spend mo- I'm that's literally that's that's like literally the the equivalent of burning your money. Like why, why the hell would you do that? That's, that's so stupid. stupid. <laughs> He's um, doing his job. I'm gonna burn his zero card now. So <laughs> you know, I, one more thing though, big thing in this race, Noah Gregson won back to back races and literally burned the tires off the back of his car. I mean, they're, they're like he was driving just like there's no rubber on his tire at the end of his burnout. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he, what him and that team were, were doing before, but what they've been doing the past couple of weeks, you know, just keep trying doing to, it, man. Like, they're trying to sign for 2022. That's what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. So basically, he, he it, probably could have gotten seems. a better contract if he'd won these races before he signed that. <laughs> that's deal. what I'm saying. It's, like, if they seems... won it before, I'd be like, oh, hey, so maybe we do want that cup team. No, you interested? <laughs> I mean, perhaps Jared's right here. I mean, it seems like ever since he signed, you know, long term, I mean, you know, at least for next year, of course, but. You know, now that he signed up for next year, it's a done deal. It seems like, uh, like now he's Pressure's good. He's all off. relaxed and stuff. Yeah, he's all good. It's like the Kirk Cousins of NASCAR. <laughs> I had to say it. I was at the paid, game. Right? I was at the game. Just, I, I had to say something about that. Um, no, no, Gregson's better though. Uh, but looking at the playoff cut line right now, uh, I thought I didn't put anything in there. I actually did that intentionally, uh, realizing that nobody can make it in off points anymore. Yeah. What? It's impossible. Riley Herbst is 66 ahead of Michael Annette. Oh, Herbst so did it. He did it, boys. He did it, boys. Well, hey, well, Michael Annette could not still yet. win. Not or yet. Brandon yeah. Brown or whoever else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eric's guys. You're struggling to say it was straight face. <laughs> well, hey Bristol. I feel like Bristol something. Cr- it's a. It's cr- kind of an happen. equalizer. Yeah, it's kind of an equalizer. Sort of. Mm-hmm. You see some of the underdogs run up front, or dark horse teams run up front sometimes. Well, come on, Ty Gibbs is racing. That's goes. true. Ty Gibbs. No, in this yeah. Race. Sam Mayer's in this race. Oh, well, I can't wait. Sam, I can't wait to see Sam because he has one year at, in the in truck the series. Truck yeah. So at seventeen yeah. years old. Yeah. Well, before we get to Bristol, we got to go through well something happening after Bristol, the twenty twenty two schedule. Yeah. There's a lot of changes. I think the majority are really good. Uh, do you guys want me to just read through them, or do I have them like, like, like one uh, by one? Let's. We have a lot here. I mean, yeah. let's we can go probably one go at a time. Some of them and, small. Yeah. yeah, be quick. Like the big news, obviously, is that it's confirmed. The clash is moving to the LA Coliseum, February sixth, two weeks before the five hundred. How we feeling, boys? Uh, I hate you know, it. Well, you know, <laughs> you know I, how I feel. I hate it. <laughs> I thought you know, maybe I, your opinion had changed a little with no. time. Oh, well, well right, I will okay. say, I don't hate it to the point that I'm going to just sit there if it's a good race and say it's a bad race. I think you, it'll probably be a good race. You're probably going to watch it on TV and, and wish you was there, probably. No, I won't because I'll be a week before a marathon and I don't want to screw up my sleep and, schedule. And Jared, Jared hates California with a passion. He tells me all the time <laughs> he hates I it. I don't <laughs> hate – we'll get to that later. <laughs> California. <laughs> There's, there's, there's elements yeah. about California. There's elements about California. I don't like it either. I don't like it. The, the poop patrol. Uh, no, but I think it's. I think it'll be a good race. 
I do. I think it. I think it'll probably be a good race. My thing is, I don't think this is a viable long-term deal that they're doing. That's just my only concern. You know, like obviously, I applaud NASCAR for trying to, you know, venture out to different places and so. I mean, well, it's really not really a different area. I mean, they they have raced in California, you know, before, but I mean, you know, specifically building a a short track inside, you know, the famous LA Coliseum. That's pretty damn ambitious so i gotta give him props for that um yeah. i just i just don't know and like you said earlier i mean just the long-term deal is just only what concerns me because you know ben kennedy said in the announcement on twitter that nascar had posted themselves that you know hey you know la is an awesome market you know the super bowl is going to be you know two weeks before the race and stuff so i mean what about the other years when you don't kind you know when you you know don't have a major event that'll you know precede yours you know what i mean so like I'm just not sure if this will have the long-term staying power. I mean, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens, though. I've got a theory on that, and I think this is the, the cash grab, go with the where the seed roll is, do it this year when you have the opportunity to do that. But what I really think this is is a good chance to test the L.A. market for a majorly publicized kind of short track race in the L.A. market because what are they doing auto called speedways? Becoming a short track. And I even have a theory too that potentially that that track will eventually have a championship four race. So that's what oh, I was actually going to say. I, I honestly expect 2023 the championship race will be an Auto Club Speedway. I think it's going to take a lot longer than we think to fully do those renovations. I don't see it being ready by spring of 2023. I think it's going to work out to where it becomes a championship race next year. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I will say real quick, Denny Delivers is asking how uh, how those Daytona Clash tickets doing. So I found out. <laughs> Not getting a like refund, the, huh? No, 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 no. It's even better. It's even better. Uh, like, I, think, I think I spent like 80 bucks or whatever on them or something like that. Yeah. All that money plus a 20% discount is going towards my Daytona 500 oh, that's ticket. True. You're going, I forgot you're going to both. Never mind. Hey. Out for you. There you go. I could literally like spend, like I was, I was, I was looking at it and depending where I get the seat, I could literally spend 20 bucks on a Daytona 500 <laughs> ticket. That's nice. freaking awesome. Like, like who, who could say that after like 1959 or something? That's cool. <laughs> Just saying. I want to say about the LA clash, I, you got your concern that of it being you know, is it a long-term thing? Like, I don't think that matters. I think if this is a one and done, that's yeah. fine. As long as it packs a big, punch. if it's meant to be, if, it, so, if it's so meant to be a one and done, to, then they're going to have to put it back to being a football field anyway. Exactly. So. Like they're going yeah, to have yeah. to pick, put it together, take it apart. If this is a one and done, I think that's fine. As long as they go all out and it maximizes where it's at on the schedule, the LA Super but, Bowl market. But does that mean, you know, I mean, so now all of a sudden the clash is just going to start to rotate year by year now? It, it you know could I mean? end up in Auto Club next year. I don't know. If they really feel yeah. like having it in California at a short track makes sense, it could move. You're right. I, I don't know. Maybe it's if, if it's a big success, they'll find it worthwhile maybe to, you know, transform the stadium every year. I have no idea. But uh, my big concern, I'm overall a fan of it. I think it's a it's an exhibition race. Exhibition races are meant to take risks. Hopefully it's a great big spectacle. Mm -hmm. uh, but my concern is with them apparently bringing the next-gen car out there and i just feel like you know i think those cars are built for short tracks i think in theory they should race really good but when you're talking about like a quarter mile track it's going to be full contact there's going to be spins there's going to be you're going to have fenders. to bump you're going to have to move people to basically to pass yeah well I, and i worry that a test for martinsville later on in the season i, I like just worry that T the team owners are going to be in their driver's ear a little bit saying hey these are a brand new car there's an exhibition race don't wreck it don't be too aggressive. You know, it I, could I, be it could be the opposite, maybe. Maybe, I, maybe. but if, I, don't know. I know for a fact if they're racing basically obsolete Gen Six cars, 
team owners mm. wouldn't really care if they tear some exactly. stuff. I mean, you don't want to still, but you know they wouldn't mind nearly as much. So I, I worry a track that's hard to pass where you're going to need to bump people to pass combined with a brand new car that's expensive that they may not want to tear up. I, I worry it's going to lead to very passive casual racing and we're not going to see the no holds barred aggressive action that nascar is kind of hinting at and promising that's my only concern as far as the actual product is concerned but at the same time seeing the next gen cars on display at the type of track that i think they're built to run well at in la with the super bowl in town with fox in town and everything it has the potential to be huge but you know there are some risks with it i think so I think actually for me and my wife claudia that was actually the deciding factor of us deciding hey i think we're either way me and her were planning to go to some race on the west coast and put make a few days of it and explore the west coast we were debating las vegas and then phoenix in the spring now i think we've changed our mind we're going to go see the la clash because we want to see the first chance to see the next gen cars and you know originally i was gonna be fine not going to daytona 500 again i didn't want to go three years in a row to it but now that I know it's something different, something unique, it's actually what just made me and her decide, hey, we're going to take our trip to L.A. instead of Las Vegas and Phoenix. Now, if they call it the L.A. Clash, I will have more respect for it because that sounds badass. I, I, I think they're – I think they're it calling is. It, they're calling it the Bush Clash at Los Angeles. Oh, no, they're, they're calling, they're I thought they were calling it the Clash at the Coliseum. Isn't that what I saw? I, I, okay, I, that's, I'm, that's I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to call it the L.A. Clash because it's easier to say that. LA that sounds class, like a soccer clash team. at the Coliseum. Uh, yeah. it, it rolls off. The, it sounds like an '80s band, really. I mean, it, but isn't it's, there an it, actual band called the Clash? There's at, there's the Clash so. and L.A. Guns. Are they the, like are they the ones that do the should I stay or should I go? Is that the Clash? Uh yeah, yeah. I think, I think so. it is. All right, just ta- just yeah. checking. Uh, but I mean, like I said, I want it to succeed, uh, and I think that short term it could. I just I, I want to see more. Like like. Well, a lot of the, the schedule changes they've done in the last year, maybe, you know, and this year, I want to see substantive, good, possible long-term things, not just quick fixes here and there. That's, sure. a, that's my big thing this whole time. I want to see the bigger picture addressed. Hey, and come I, to Allegiant Stadium next year, though. Please. What, I feel like, what I feel like they're doing is I, I feel like they're, they're going, you know, they're just going to 2024. That's what I feel like the planning right now is. The big picture is the next TV deal. And I get that that that's their big picture, but I think two or three years, you got. I think you got to look more like like what the next gen car is something that is something that can really take you through the next decade of, of racing or more maybe. Uh, but I wanted. To, I think I think it'll be a good race. Like anyone who says, "Oh yeah, this will suck," it's like no, it's, it's a, a mile short track. Yeah, with twenty five cars like on it. That's basically Gray. Bowman Gray. It's basically Bowman Gray, dude. And there's so many people mad. Why don't you just go to Bowman Gray? Well, they're not looking to sell a few thousand tickets they're trying yeah, to sell a lot th- th- there were some people that were saying like oh well why didn't you just bring it to bowman gray i'm like dude logistically i mean dude fox sports is out there it's bob pockers made a good point that the weather in north carolina in february is a uh, chance of a snowstorm like quite honestly like it may just <laughs> yeah. not be physically possible There's la la say what well, you will about this, california it's all good always this, good this past year i mean basically everywhere north like between basically everywhere north of Georgia and all the way west to like Utah was stuck in a snowstorm. Like, yeah, we went to Daytona and I couldn't go back for another week. I got to fly down. Florida, as as I could. Well, and, and I, I do want to get to these other ones. By the way, in the chat, yes, this is a Clementine hat. Uh, but another another big one here, and I think this has caused controversy. I I don't really have a problem with it, but other people do. Is Bristol Dirt 
is now Easter Sunday, the night of Easter, and it's the first time the Cup Series will race Whoa, on Easter yeah. since 1989. So I'll probably still go to that one, but the only, my, my only big issue is that if we're going to run it on a night, why couldn't we just do it on Saturday? Because it's going to make it harder for me to take a day off to get back the next day. So but, I think it's more the primetime audience, because I know that the night of Easter does have like a good primetime audience. Because don't you get Monday that, off? You get well, Monday wait, off, right? It no, doesn't no. doesn't okay. Saturday usually um well no because it's later. A lot yeah, of times yeah. I know a lot of times Saturdays line off line up with uh the end of March Madness too. So maybe maybe that's something they're thinking. Maybe they'll rotate the date with Easter. Um I don't have a problem with it, but I can understand why people do. I think it's a good move, but I can understand people not liking the well, breaking because, tradition and the religious holiday, you know, and also it's usually NASCAR's fan base. It's usually a week off, you know, for people in the industry as well, too. So they've been used to that for so many years. So. Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, I love that they're at least running it at night. That was a clear criticism of the first Bristol dirt race. It needs to be a night race if you're going to run on yeah. dirt. So they're making mm. that change. But, yeah, my fear, and I, I have to look that up because that's interesting that Easter is known for having a decent night audience. Because I would have thought that the TV audiences on a holiday like Easter were, would be down. That's just that my theory. That is up a lot of the well, time. And, that's, but and it maybe it'll work down. out. Maybe it'll work out. But that was my big concern was getting people to come to the race and watch it on tv when it's on um you know religious holiday like that might be a struggle but maybe i'll be wrong so but i'm glad it's a night race i do think being a religious holiday does throw in a twist uh i'm just being realistic about nascar's audience here it's generally true yeah christian conservative Mm -hmm. yeah especially Um, in bristol where the track's located mm -hmm, in this case i think that's safe to say yeah so i I, I can I can see there being problems, but then I also look and like everyone had problems with them running Darlington on Mother's Day, and that turned out to be like a, a giant ratings win. This yeah, like, is true. Moms like NASCAR. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> like, put that on a T-shirt. Well, and then give it to your mom who likes NASCAR. Because I'm gonna write that down right now. There oh, you damn, go. No, Jared's gonna ideas. he's starting to sell merch now. He's gonna sell it as a T-shirt. Like, you, gotta, you have to put the, your mother's. You have to put the out of the groove logo somewhere on this shirt. That's my stipulation. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll, I'll put it like on the. I'll put it like on the back, right? At like, like put, you know, put it on they, the inside of the shirt where like no. <laughs> it's the no, tag. Look, it's one of those inside out shirts. You lift it up, and out of the groove podcast network is on it. Like the inside um, tag of an NBA jersey, it's just there. You don't see it. That's well, funny. we can we can get though to to one of the big ones. There's only one off weekend, and it's Father's Day. Mm. Uh, I'm cool with there only being one off weekend. I do think I, I like having racing on Father's Day. I feel like NASCAR is a very father and son kind of sport compared mm. to others in a way. Oh yeah. But either way, if that's the one they pick, it's between the NBC Fox. You know. Yeah. Stuff. Like I, I get that. Um, but I want to ask you guys about that. Cause me as someone who is very like ratings heavy on scheduling loves this absolutely loves this, but I want to hear what you guys think. Sorry, I'm laughing at the chat, but, uh, yeah, I know it's just random. There's just stuff happening in the chat, but, uh, no, um, what was the question? Yeah. The one off weekend, <laughs> you know, Good, Eric. like I understand, um, for sure. There's a lot of people in the industry that work for the teams, work on the teams, uh, that travel throughout the year. I feel for them having only one off weekend is going to be a it's, season's already a grind, even with years mm-hmm. like this, but next year is going to be even more of a grind. So I definitely feel for them. Uh, but yes, at the same time, coming from your perspective, Jarrett, I think that consistency only having one off weekend every week throughout the year, pretty much fans are going to know, Hey, Sunday afternoon, there's probably a race on, you know, that, that I think is going to help in some ways getting the season done in early November, as opposed to late November, as they had in years past, I think is also a solid gold and a good thing. 
But yeah, only one off weekend. I don't really feel for the drivers. I think they'll get over it. You know, it's still going to be a grind, but I think drivers will handle it. It's the crews yeah. and the teams and everybody else that works behind the scenes that I understand some of their uh, maybe disappointment or kind of dread. Oh, I saw some things on Twitter. They were some people were not. Oh, uh, there's a lot of people all. upset, and and you know, <laughs> it's hard to work in that. You know, working for any department of nascar or for their teams it, i mean it is a grind it's a year-round thing even during the off season they're st- still very busy so it's, only it's one off weekend is a challenge i'll give them that it's something that you know you kind of know going into working in that what what that details yeah i mean everyone who goes into working in nascar understand it's a it's a tough schedule hey but sometimes they're gonna you know take some weeks out there so. that honestly i think are worth like look at Look at truck drivers. I think a lot of them say they are oftentimes six days on the road. Don't get to see their family for like maybe one day a week. They make truckers make a lot of money for a reason. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, no, I I, well, I, then, I see both sides. I, I'm just saying I, I understand why they're frustrated. I'm not saying you know I'm not the kind of guy to ever really complain. So I you know, but I understand no why such, some people be disappointed. There's no such thing as a job where you're gonna have like crazy tons of off time. I mean, I yeah. even even doing this YouTube thing, we basically gotta be working like every day almost. i work seven days a week you know some days yeah, harder than others but I'm, i get to sleep in whenever though in fairness i at least whenever, work bro. i get to work from yeah. home i'm not having to travel yeah. every single week so Same. i at least you know that's why i don't complain and you know, but i understand why people would be upset with the schedule but yeah. you know at least you know I, I hope doing that kind of work you love what you do that almost doesn't feel like work right well yeah. I'll, I'll get to i'll get to you know because we do gotta get to the rest of the schedule here i will say this though to, to finish out on the off weekend stuff is that if you add that to the off season, how many other jobs do you like? And I get that they work during the off season. They work during the off weeks, but I will, I will say it's the off season. They probably don't work like as much. They probably have it's a lot a, more days. Probably off. a lighter workload. Who, who, what other jobs during the year get like 13 weeks off or like 13 light weeks compared to normal? I mean, yeah. Teachers maybe. Yeah. That's about it. That's the only thing I can think of really. Yeah. It, it's not very, I mean, so I think people in the industry, like, you know, I get, I get what they're saying, but I think a lot of them do need to understand that for people who were watching, like, they don't really care. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh no, you're doing. <laughs> that's just what the reality. Want. That's NASCAR reality. still has a very blue collar fan base. So that's what mm-hmm. I mean. I, that, yes. That's why I wouldn't be the one to complain. I understand why some internally might be a little frustrated by it, but I think they have to understand that most NASCAR fans are not going to resonate with people complaining <laughs> they don't about care. their job. They don't I care. just I, that's not that's not who they, the NASCAR audience is. Mm-hmm. You know? Think like this: your average NASCAR fan, you know probably have a guy who works in a garage all week that has to do some tough labor and he likes to go out and watch the tough labor i mean okay so <laughs> there is worse jobs that you could be working that hard that's yeah. all well, that's not, i think that's what most nascar fans would see yeah. well G- gn said someone who who has paid maternity leave maybe that's it but i'm like they, they pushed a baby out of them i like <laughs> that's on another level i'm not gonna comment <laughs> there like that's not my deal um <laughs> but uh, two other major changes of the schedule, and then I'll just read off some of the other ones. But a, a big one is Gateway is now added to the Cup schedule. Yeah. I'm happy about this. St. Louis, Baloo, actually Madison, Illinois. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, Madison. Illinois. We have yeah, a Cup yeah. race in Illinois again. There you go. Yeah. There you and go. I'm leaving this crappy state after 2022, so it doesn't what even states, matter for me. What states do doesn't you time. like, Jared? <laughs> Tennessee, Florida's nice, other than the crazy people. The Florida man is is, is a nice legend. Uh, Georgia's no, it's, nice. It's very real. That is a real legend. I know, that's yeah. what I mean. But he, he, he's an urban legend. Um, I, I like North Carolina. Uh, Wisconsin's nice. Michigan, Wisconsin. I like. Wisconsin. 
Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Just broke the screen. I like a lot of states. Do you like I Michigan? Like a lot because uh, Michigan flipped their date with Watkins Glen. I see in our uh, on the schedule. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean, Michigan's is nice. Michigan's nice. South, yeah, I, but, I do like South Carolina. But Gateway, but Gateway getting the race though, that's awesome because they they tried to get it in the early two thousands. NASCAR rejected them and then tried again. They're like, hey, well, we're open this time. NASCAR so. was like, no. I, more I know. I, I do know they're close. That was I was just making a joke just to mess with Darian, and then he got me back. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. I'd say like. I, I thought that they were past the uh, the opportunity. I thought the window had closed on them, to be honest, to get a cup date. Because it felt like all the momentum they had, it was kind of like Iowa in a way, just that they didn't close down, um, which is their back open. But it, it felt like the momentum had left to get Gateway on and was moving to other tracks. And, man, somehow, like, they got it done. I like it. I like I like the group that, that runs Gateway. Because what they've done with the IndyCar race, like, I think they could do that tenfold with NASCAR. Oh, yeah. Fun fact about Gateway, random NASCAR sponsor. Do you know who was a sponsor of the car that won the Nationwide race in 2009 there? Um, no, no, not Teenage Mutant no. Ninja Turtles. Uh, hold on. Let me, the Clash. I, I, um, Heineken? The Walking Dead. <laughs> that Balance, wasn't out yet. New Balance Shoes. What? Really? Who they won? were sponsoring Kyle Busch in 2009 when he won there. Okay. That's Kyle Busch had a shoe deal. I want them to come back so he can have a fire suit. It looks like he's wearing a polo, George, and have some white New Balance shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the 2010 race there, of course. That was when Edwards basically dumped Kislowski on the straightaway. You're going to kill my boy. You're going to kill my boy. We can laugh about well, it now, thankfully. But yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, and then the other, there's one more major um, shift in the schedule compared to the other small ones here. Uh, Homestead is back mm. in the playoffs in the round of eight. Yeah, no crucial less. part. I love that they basically replaced yeah. the slot Texas has been in. Texas, they moved to like the round of 12, which is good. Quite less pressure-packed scenario. That's fine. Just get Texas uh, out of the way. Unfortunately, unfortunately, though, Texas is still in the playoffs, so it's not perfect. Yet. Well, you I, gotta, the fact you that have to get we're working on it. I'm still yeah. glad we don't have to sit through two 500-mile Texas races. Thank that makes goodness. me happy. Yeah. And they brought Circuit of the Americas back for a second chance. I'm yes, happy about yes. that. Yes, we're going to come back. Hopefully better weather there. Each round of the playoffs now has a good mix of a lot of different style tracks too. yeah because the, the biggest gripe i had about the round of 16 is that you had two short tracks granted two different short tracks in darlington which kind of races like a short track they're all using the at least this year i know next year will be different but this year they all had the oh. low downforce package you know yeah two of our our longtime viewers in the chat just found out that they have the same birthday Oh, Barry Boy Blast says on my birthday, and the other White Castle says Homestead will be on his birthday. Nice, nice. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's, yeah, but that, to yeah. have Homestead back in the playoffs is awesome. I know some some fans are like, make it the championship race again, blah blah blah, and stuff like. I mean, but maybe we'll, someday. We'll, we'll maybe someday again. We'll see. I I don't know. I I think personally NASCAR. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, start the whole rotating deal. So Homestead, I would assume, would be in that conversation. But at least good it's weather, in the playoffs again. Yeah, I, it's, I, in the, it's in the playoffs again, at least. So okay. so looking at some of them, we talked about Coda. Michigan and Watkins Glen literally just flipped dates. Watkins Glen is now, like, the race before Daytona, which I think is on purpose because a lot of times Watkins Glen gets put on NBC. So two NBC races in a row maybe yeah. right before the playoffs? Just saying. Yeah. Smart, smart. Uh, Richmond has been moved to the summer right between those two. 
Uh, Kansas moves up to the second race of the playoffs, which would have been this weekend. Do you guys know how warm Kansas uh, was this past weekend? Uh, I well, keep track. R- really cold, uh, really cold, probably. No, it's this weekend? Oh, wait, oh, wait, no, no. 85 degrees. Oh, oh, it's actually good. Do you okay. know how warm it was? I say that jokingly. When I was there last year, the weekend before it is now. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. 38. Nice. My ass was is still thawing off of that freaking bench. So I'm happy. I still remember watching Martinsville in 2017. I think it was about 38 degrees. Well, Texas now opens round of 12, not in the round of eight. So that's good because Las Vegas is opening the round of eight, Darian. Good. Yeah, it deserves to be good. up the, uh, to move up the, uh, deserves to move up the uh, playoff ladder there. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. A lot of great yeah. schedule changes. Overall, I think it's a good balanced schedule. I don't have any major complaints. I think the clash is obviously the biggest risk that they're taking. I don't know. I think a little details like putting the Bristol race at night, the dirt race at night, moving Texas, the all-star race back to the weekend before Memorial Day, keeping Road America as the new 4th of July tradition. Like a lot of those things I overall I like. I think they've done a decent job. I give yeah. it a solid A, A minus. Like I think you could tweak some little things, but overall they, they have the direction right with where yeah. they're going. Good point by a vote Kyle 3000. The Texas race finally won't conflict with the uh, F1 race in Austin. That's off. They often well, either... Eddie Gossage is gone. That's that, that's true, but they're often landed on the same weekend or like one week apart. Now at least there's a little yeah. bit of a buffer. I think that was on purpose. Like he over and over again talked about competing. We're gonna compete with, with F1. <laughs> also, just you know, it's just not hit me that Nashville actually moved back a week. They can no longer advertise. Oh, Father's Day weekend, you can come to Nashville for the race. But now they have two weeks to advertise it after Sonoma. So yeah, not bad. Uh and two weeks is almost what it took to get in. Uh, so going to the mailbag question real quick. The, uh, these transitions are getting worse and worse. These segues are, not, are, are, sl- are getting sloppy. Like us, Jared. I know. I'm just making a joke. I hope that doesn't uh, kill the race next year. I hope people still show up. No, I, I think Please. people will. I think people will. It was good enough. I think it was a good enough race and experience for people to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really quick, mailbag question we got here. Uh, w- this is from Keegan asking. Hi, Keegan. What? Hi, Keegan. I, Hi. Uh, asking, what is the craziest slash funniest road trip story you guys have had in your travels to NASCAR races? P.S. Will any of you be at Bristol this weekend? I don't think so. No, sorry. <laughs> Even me, me and Claudia are actually working that weekend. Yeah, we'll be watching it out on TV, but dang, some crazy I might, road I stories. might do a stream during it. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, like, we've had some what pretty awesome... What ones can we say that we that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to think i did i very i we've said this before but i loved how driving to and from saint augustine to daytona i loved how everyone in our house all the youtubers loved bucky's i love that bucky's became like this (laughs) beacon of light like that was seeing the reaction uh, on david land's face on slap's face on y'all's face going to and from bucky's was david acted like he lived there yeah he basically did they spent like an hour there one of the days i I left but that's what i heard they spent there for a long time yeah i had this freaking pork sandwich there it was the best six bucks i've ever spent i walked in and i'm like it's just a giant guest oh my god it's it's as everything there too you can still have yet to experience bucky's and now i no longer call it bucy's that's still the funniest thing ever it's a statue the statue of the beaver yeah there's just a giant beaver statue it's not that big it's like fun fact i haven't got i haven't got to experience bucky's yet 
but I will soon. They're building a Bucky's in Crossville, Tennessee, and they're actually building one in Pigeon Forge that supposedly will take over as the new biggest Bucky's in the world. Whoa. I'm shocked they haven't done that already. Pigeon Forge seems ripe for the Bucky's picking, so that's a genius well, plan. We gotta we gotta visit that one sometime. Eventually. I don't I can't think of any crazy like I've I don't know that I have that many weird road trip stories to begin with, and I'm trying to remember which ones were directly related to NASCAR oh. races. Like I think it's really oh I have one fun moment. I don't remember what race this was, but I think this was last year. I was late at night after a race, it was probably midnight, let's say, and I'm driving down the freeway, it's dark, and Spire Motorsports, the 77 hauler, going 95 down the freeway, just blows by me. And I'm like, I've never seen Spire go that fast in my life. So that's <laughs> something funny. Let's hey, see. Hey, Eric, while we're on it, Scott McNew sent $2 and said, got a really dumb question. What is Bucky's? That should be one you answer. I mean, quite simply put, it's a gas station slash convenience store that's the size of a Walmart and has about 200 gas pumps. And when you go in, they have their own merchandise, a lot of tacky uh, Texas and Western merchandise and, and souvenirs. And they have uh, tons of snacks, a lot of great really good the, food, great really uh, good food. pork sandwiches. All the meat in there is really good. They have beaver nuggets, all sorts of other snacks and the cleanest restaurant rooms both sides of the mississippi yeah i mean they have a statue appreciating their beaver out front let me give a good recommendation there's two travel youtubers i've watched i have good videos on bucky's one look up yankee in the south bucky's or look up kara and nate bucky's both of them have good videos on bucky's if you really want to know what 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 that is about um going back to the question though yeah i don't know if there's any been any weird experiences for me but i think there's been some like fun ones that are memorable like Darian, remember uh, before the All Star race last year, picked you up from the airport, got to show mm-hmm. you uh, my old school, University of Tennessee. Uh, we went go kart racing in Pigeon Forge. I tried to get Eric to come. He was close, but he was busy. He tried to get him yeah. to come with us. And then we went on that uh, mountain alpine roller coaster. Remember how fun yeah, that was? Yeah, that's awesome. I that's think so I went cool. on that the day after y'all did. Yeah, that, that thing was mm-hmm. treacherous. Yeah. I think uh, for me, I won't say it's weird. I will say one of my favorite moments like ever going to one of these trips was actually like the first time all four of us met each other in person at Bristol. Like that was because we were just walking like it's first, you know, me, Darian and Danny had been staying together and and, and doing different stuff for a few days. And then Eric, when you showed up and you're just like, we didn't even know. Roll down my window. Yeah. And then we noticed you last minute. That was the first time we got to meet you. We were looking down at you. Yeah, pretty much. And and the day is like, you need to get part. Go get part. And then and then when the four of us did the first podcast, all four of us have been in person together. That like fun. that energy was great. And then, yeah. of course, Eric being down bad towards me with that <laughs> comment. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> sure. I don't like the way you phrase that towards you. I wasn't. No. I wouldn't. Well, hold on. That, that's no, I need some context about the, about the comment. He was just just in oh, general. Like was good. Good. Just kind of out of context. I don't. I don't like the way that was worded <laughs> it's all right it ain't as bad as slap on twitter right now oh um, my goodness yeah. day of the week practically mm. <laughs> he's gonna be eating a lot because of gateway oh uh, but, gosh no no you mean they don't like coffee it's it's hard though to, to pick one story it's hard to pick stories that are appropriate 
for YouTube. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the most recent trip, me, Jet, and IDK and and Five Point Spawn uh, stayed out till four thirty in the morning. Uh, that's literally a running joke. We uh, <laughs> we stayed out till four thirty in the morning trying to catch sharks, and we only found out later we were getting messed with by a dolphin. <laughs> so we literally it was funny because we get so we get into we all were like staying in the same room as eric and we get in there and like jet and i are doing everything we can to be as quiet as possible like i we didn't have enough blankets so i had to cover up in bean bags and <laughs> and, and then idk comes in yo oh jesus he like turns over this is bringing back all the memories now I don't want to say it just because they're not here. I don't want to say it's about their permission, but how can we never forget about those who are not aware of their surroundings? <laughs> yeah. I, I never want that story to go public. Just, I don't know if you can see this. This is where Jarrett slept one night. <laughs> in the, this, is, right. this is the pantry. That's an air mattress on the floor. Uh, those are shelves. He slept in the so pantry for no reason. There's an extra so, mattress thing right here. <laughs> I, I I had a few too many to drink. So there's a fire extinguisher like, on the wall. <laughs> hey, if the if the house caught fire, my drunk ass would come out and stop it. And then he lost all <laughs> the air out of his mattress too. Yeah. That's the funny part. So, so I go to bed on a full air mattress, and I wake up the next morning. I wake up for everyone at like six thirty in the morning, and I'm just on the ground. I'm like, man, this is more stiff than I thought it was when I went to. Oh, it, it oh, it's deflated. Jesus Christ! So I, I guess I just go out and just sit on the porch until everyone else wakes up. Yeah, so, I, I mean, like I can't really pick a story. I mean, like I, I I'm trying to think of one. Yeah, you know, we'll make some new memories, Darian. We'll do something yeah. fantastic. When we'll I'm do in something. Vegas, we'll do something. Look, I'll I'll just say this in general. These you know, every one of these trips are like awesome. You know, we make a lot of memories and stuff like that. And then I don't know, like for me, it's like the small moments. You know, it's like. The small moments are what get me and stuff, you know, yeah. when we're like on the way to the track or like on the way back to the house and like, we'll you, like go through like a drive Nirvana in my car on the drive yeah. to Daytona. I didn't expect that, but that's how I spent my morning. And hey, I'm getting more from, into grunge rock though. What I was like the it. one from Pineapple Express that we were listening to? I don't want like, to get, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't remember. All I want to say is, boom, 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 boom. No, have you seen them? Have you seen them? Okay. We, we do got to get back, but real quick. Have that you ever seen the musket version of that? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, seen the really good one. Wait, seen the what version? Where that where instead of a Glock, it's a, a musket. Oh no! <laughs> so I they have to that. like show it reloading, right. and it's a twelve <laughs> and a half minute song. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a good version. Um, that's funny. Oh 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 okay. Oh is, yeah, the pizza so, story. That's right. Yeah, Claudia brings up. I always get the short end of the stick. It's it's all good fun, but yeah, mm-hmm. the pizza story. Darren, you want to tell the pizza story, please? Tell yeah, the pizza I was. Story. So it was on the way. It was after. What, was it after the five hundred or was it? No, after? no, it was after uh, the Xfinity race. Okay, so yeah, after the or was it? Yeah, after the Xfinity or race. Because after one of the two. Yeah, yeah. So after one of the either the truck or Xfinity races, I wanted to order a pizza for the whole house. I was really hungry. We were all we hungry. We used code Danny B. Yeah, I used code Danny B, of course, like I was supposed to. And the dude was just he was an idiot. He just didn't hear me at all. And then I was trying to I was trying to put in my card info. That's Danny and, B25. Danny and B25. Like, <laughs> I, I say the card number once and he's like, Oh, well, it could be so I'll could, just could this isn't his card number. He'll be just like 8888. Eight, eight, eight. And the guy's like huh? 645. Yeah, and then I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I'm like eight 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 eight. Then you're like, oh, okay, okay. Are you ready? <laughs> and then he patient. says it again, and the guy gets it wrong, and I just see him go like, 
<clears throat> and then I'm sitting in the driver's seat looking back. I think everyone starts Jet. laughing. Everyone so starts laughing. Four of us or five of us? Because no, Riss and I were on the front seat and Jet was back there. Uh, Jake was, was there was, too. Okay, then Jake was there. Okay. Yeah. So there are five of us in there and they're laughing. They're they're trying to hold it in. I start laughing. Riss starts laughing. And we're all just, all right. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Bye. And he Bye. clicks and he just goes, just. He just <laughs> bomb and we lose it. Absolutely, I was I, dude. Holding, it was so annoying. It was funny as hell. I mean, like, dude, it, that really <laughs> tested my patience. That guy did. I mean, I had basically had to say I had to repeat my card number four straight times until no, he finally it got four. it right. Was, was it more? Dude, it I don't was even like, remember. It was like a dozen, man. I don't even remember. Like, man. I, dude, I don't know if it was a dozen. I don't know if it was. A you're dozen. like eight, 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 and he's like far, far, far. Here's <laughs> <laughs> something. He was always awesome, yeah. but yeah, but the, that was funny. Thank you. Thank you for th- that, that uh, question, Keegan. That was really good. If you want to send one, go to weeklypodcastguest at gmail.com. I'm sure Blue Jimmy will put it in there real quick for us. Um, don't send it to be on the show. We'll ignore you. But if you send a really good question like that, might be on here. So ramble. weekly podcast. That's the best conversation that's happened in one of those in a while. It really is. That was a really good one. That was a good one. And yeah. that was brought to you by one of our sponsors, Lionel, which is the official diecast of NASCAR. Ooh. Uh, you can order your 2021 diecast. I saw, for instance, at Richmond that Dale Jr.'s Richmond car, the 911 tribute, that's already ready to go in on sale. So you can get that one. You can nice. get it on lionelracing.com or you can get it at Walmart, any Lionel retailer, anywhere you want to get it. Uh, guys, what do you got this week for diecast? Oh, he got Eric has the car from from uh, Herbie Lovebug. I, I like yeah, that. I picked this up at uh, Darlington at one of the mm. tents outside, but because uh, it, it just looked cool, it's Dale Jarrett with the uh, UPS slash Herbie fully loaded Herbie the Lovebug look. I mean, it's a cheesy movie, but I liked it as a kid, so this is a fun one to have on my shelf. See, I'm getting to the point now where it's like I only have so many diecasts, so I'm gonna have to start showing ones I've already shown. But I mean, I just wanted to pick the Bubble Wallace BLM one, good message, all that stuff, and looked really awesome when it ran in person. So I ran at Martinsville, so yeah. I've got uh, Mr. Defending Winner, and this is actually a car he ran this game at Bristol Night Race in 2018. I saw him run that car, I saw him crash that car too, but it looks really good before it got crashed. Well. I have Dale Earnhardt's pink K2 car right here. Whoa. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyone remembers there was a commercial for Team Monte Carlo with mm-hmm. Daryl Waltrip, Terry Labonte, Jeff Gordon. There's probably pink? one more. Pink? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they were talking yeah. about a pink car. It was real. Mm-hmm. It was real. Uh, so th- this one was hanging up in my, uh, in my grandpa's garage here. Uh, and I was looking at it. And this might surprise some people who know him just from racing for children's, but this is a 1956 Ford. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me see. I, I think it says what type of Ford it is. Um, one of those Ford coupes or something like that. It does. One it doesn't say what type. <laughs> oh, 1956 Ford Victoria. Uh, Victoria. Car. He, he drove a Victoria. Mm. Yep. So. Dale Earnhardt's pink car. My grandpa has it hanging up in the garage. Well, had it. Oh, he had it. it right yeah. Just so. But once again, we want to thank Lionel for sponsoring the show. And Darian, what segment do they also sponsor? Uh, let's see. Well, let me check the itinerary. <laughs> <laughs> we do this every week. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Never mind. Hey. It's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. I got scared. I thought I thought I missed something in the itinerary. I'm like, wait, there's another ad read I got to do? Oh, what my did we always ask you to do? 
god. You have one job, anyway, Darian. It's to blow out your job. microphone. The one job. <laughs> See, I I feel like every show I always mess up at least one thing. So I am microphone. Part of your charm. Yeah, right this week it's the microphone. It sounds like you're quiet again. I, I thought that was my end today. No, couldn't hear him. Quiet. Anyway, anyway, oh, while he fixes while he fixes his mic problems, let's roll through this lightning round real quick. Um, well, you you can expect another Daytona next gen test in January with anywhere from twenty five to twenty six cars. Preseason thunder. I mean, that's what they did with the Gen six. Uh, Derek Krause is expected to return to the Truck Series next year for Bill McAnally Racing in twenty twenty two, according Amazing. to Toby Christie. Yeah. Uh, be sure to check out, by the way, be sure to check out, uh, the outer group podcast network. I just want to throw that in there really quick. Yeah. That shows like a lifetime in, yeah. Like a lifetime in NASCAR, Noah talks NASCAR and then Lionel's new show authenticated just saying yeah. they talk about a lot of cool stuff with diecast. So maybe this one will be on there. You don't awesome know. Website. Awesome website. Yes. Head to groovymotorsports.com. Everything is there. The latest from all of us and everything we're doing is right there. So check that out. And you can see our smiling, beautiful faces. Uh, coolers are now going to be allowed this weekend at the Bristol Motor Speedway. So they reversed their policy to letting people bring in coolers. Oh, did, Good did job, uh, Randy the did Plumber. A, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, did Randy the Plumber protest this one? <laughs> yeah, with his, with his, like, what, his four-hour protest before he showed up in Nashville? <laughs> I think uh, finally reached a point where we know coolers is not going to make a difference on what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, NASCAR and NBC has delayed uh, their documentary until 2022 that was going to be following the playoffs due to the Delta variant. So it was originally planned to debut next year on USA Network. Probably had to debut in 2023 on USA Network. This is according to Adam Stern. It's a whole new playoff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know how that's so, going to work. but the, uh, the Wheel and Modified Tour will start off its 2022 season at New Smyrna. So Speed Weeks is kind of saved if you think hey, about it. That's, yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's a good event. Yeah. Sage Karam is going to be racing the number 31 for Jordan Anderson at Bristol and at the Roval. Oh, Sage Karam at Bristol. Hey, that's mm -hmm. intriguing. Ovals. That's very intriguing. Hey, and okay. the Bristol Dirt Nationals will return in 2022, according to Bristol Man, Motor if you're going to have the dirt, you might as well. Uh, Alvin Kamara had a NASCAR visor mm -hmm. in the Saints beatdown of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw that in he there when that. I can. He loved oh. that. Hey, you're all tied for first place in the NFC, uh, what is it, North? The Actually, North? the Vikings, due to uh, loss differential being the least, uh, lead the division. <laughs> <Woo -hoo! laughs> Texans lead the division as well. Saddest division won. in football. <laughs> no, I mean, at least a team won in that division this weekend yeah. by proxy. Yeah. Uh, Matt Benedetto has denied all rumors of his alleged signing with colleague, though other rumors are going around about him signing with Spire. So the rumor mill is definitely strong with this one. I'm, uh, season. I'm, I'm, if that is the case, he felt like I wish I was there. Uh, Ultimate 23 Dragon, I hope you're watching the truck race because Carson Hosevar is running a Johnny Benson throwback mm -hmm. this weekend at Bristol, and it looks hot. It looks nice. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek will be in the number 54 at Talladega, Texas, and Phoenix, while Ty Gibbs now has the rest of the races this season. Uh, yeah. Justin Allgaier is also back at JRM in 2022. So. That corn money. Got to get that corn They're money. They're on their way corn to five money. <laughs> corn money. That's such it is. Interesting corn thing. Money. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon Creed is going to be running in the RCR Xfinity car next year, whether or not it's a second team or the two team. I don't know if they said yet, but Bob mm -hmm. Hawkins has said he'll be running for RCR. Mm -hmm. The RTA is looking to expand to a digital media network, according to Adam Stern. We've got Eric you covered already, RTA. Yeah, we already, have, we already have a digital media platform here. Yeah, we and already then, have it. 
Eric Jones is looking to run the U.S. Air Force Tuskegee Airmen scheme at Bristol. I love that. I love that the Tuskegee Airmen are actually getting the, the props. They're, they're getting so much praise nowadays. I love too. it. It's cool. I it's absolutely love it. it. I, looks great. I, well. I hope they call the Washington football team the Red Tails. I really do. It fit the colors. It'd be an awesome, just yeah. awesome all around. But anyway, last thing here. Happy birthday, Quinn Half. Starcom is shutting down. <laughs> wow that's so maniacal <laughs> i mean it's true like they waited till his birthday to shut the team up, like to, to announce shut the team i was ready for that <laughs> but anyway that was that was it and that'll conclude the lightning round on the nascar weekly podcast and now back to the show as always, we have to thank our other sponsor, Forney Industries. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at ForneyIND.com. That's ForneyIND.com or at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Keep a lookout for that green Forney Logo, no, not corny. I know we were talking about corn, but uh, that's Forney Industries supporters of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Yes. All right, guys, set me up. Someone set up the five-minute clock. Let's go through some you. super chats I'll here. I'll do it. Before... I got you. I got you. Um, AJ's on right deck. Before... I, we got yes. him. In the, he's in the green room. I just heard. I'm, I'm, I'm reading him to him now. No, <laughs> hold on. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no, right. that's the calculator. Give me a second. <laughs> God, we're having a good time tonight. There we go. <laughs> First all right, all right. He said he can't do this anymore. He, he, he's tired of us waiting. No, I, all I, right. He, he told me something completely different. He says he's ready to go. Jerry, you got to hustle through these super chats. All right. All okay, right, Jerry. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. I, I'm sorry. I didn't see it didn't show up on this, but there was a $5 super chat before the show. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Uh, Isaac for the 199 says, Jar Jar Binks sucks. Hashtag I stand with Darian. Um, TVP underscore 83. I, I love saying it like that. Thank you for the hundred dollar super chat, wow. man. That's really, that's really awesome. I just, I want to say that. Um, he says with this donation, I have now donated to all four guys on screen, a hundred dollars or more. Keep up the great work guys. And it's Bristol baby. Well, thank you, man. That really just cut the action. Really that's, that's very kind. Yeah. That's really, really cool of you. Thank you. Thank you, uh, sir. <clears throat> Jar Jar Binks says, Misa need two Poconos in Michigan's race. Wisa going to boycott Gateway, says Wisa not going to. Jesus, he's just saying Wisa a lot. Thank you, Jar Jar, for your $4.99. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you, Vote Kyle 3000 for $19.99 Super Chat. Says, got my seat in RV spot for Coda today. Nice. Nice. Uh, unlike, Unlike last time, I was immediately able to select my seat and parking spot. Hopefully they're better organized this time and allow sunscreen inside the track. <laughs> well, I don't know, Eric. How hot is it in March? Uh, the sun's deadly twenty four seven three six five out here, but it shouldn't be too bad. It could be ninety. It's, it could be forty. We'll see. I saw it rains less, and that's what I'm happy with because I don't want to get sunned <laughs> again. Uh, Santa Claus, thank you for the four ninety nine. Says Santa is extremely angry with you, Eric. You're on the naughty list, like Darian. Both are getting. What did I get the naughty, on the naughty list for? Uh, I'm not reading that. Uh, dang <laughs> it, Danny. I think I read what that said earlier. I don't think you want to read that. So, dang it, Danny. Left a $5 super chat. Thank you. Uh, says, I think the LA Coliseum race will be a good test to see how the composite bodies hold up to bumping and banging. <laughs> That's a good point. And that might be part of the reason that why. Is. Yeah, perfect. 
Uh, Santa Claus, thank you for another five dollars. But um, I'm not. I'm not going to read that. Ho, ho, I'm sorry, ho. man. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, uh, Andrew Meyer. Thank you for the ten dollars, man. Uh, says the clash at the LA Coliseum is a fantastic idea on paper, but in practice, we shall see. I hope it works, but I think more uh, SoCal residents or South, South I, I assume that's Southern California yes. residents will choose Auto Club over it, like I did. Good schedule, in my opinion. I, again, we'll we'll have to see. <laughs> Hot piss! Thanks for the five dollars. Says, uh, so what's the verdict, boys? Uh, will I see y'all in Bristol? Also, nope. praying it doesn't rain. Um, oh, unfortunately, we can't make it this <laughs> no. time. No, not happening. I haven't uh, about to see what the weather looks like. Uh, yeah, it just, just scroll down. <laughs> I got it ready. Uh, let's see here. I'm making sure everything is still up. Uh, Indiana Jones, thank you for the $5 says still trying to find Harvick's talent. I haven't been successful. However, oh. I found that he's a hypocrite and a cheater boy and he dreams how to wreck the field. Hey, Indy, not you give, too. I'll give him this. They stick with their memes. They stick with them I, forever. Give him <laughs> credit. Give <laughs> uh, Jar Jar Binks. Thanks for another $5 says, uh, he's mad that there's a fake. Apparently there's a fake Jar Jar in the chat. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, he just says Misa did not write that, nor do I support those so racist comments. He said 100% condemn them. Oh, good what? job. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, wait. Yeah, I saw what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'll tell y'all after the stream. Hey, Eric, did Jared freeze, bro? No, oh, he did. <laughs> oh, he did? Oh, my oh, God. No. Hey, hey, get the backup ready. Get the backup uh, ready. The, the backup what? We don't have another I Jared. Backup Jared. Jared. Get him out, Eric. We don't have another. I can't extract him. Oh, my dear. And now it's time for the AJ Almond uh, interview. I mean, honestly, I, I guess we might as well. Yeah, uh, Jarrett will be back hopefully soon. Yeah, with we the might as well play the interview, bro. Uh, so uh, I guess in the meantime, let's go to our interview yesterday with the one and only AJ Almond Dinger. <laughs> Right. Oh, wait, hold on. He's back. He's back. back. Hold on. I'm back. Uh, I, I already told <laughs> The internet was having problems. My bad. All right, never My mind. Bad. Wrap up. We got a few more Super All Chats. Right. Right, Schnell, thank you for the $5 Super Chat. Says, uh, we need to ban Darian from tweeting during NASCAR races. If they can ban Donald Trump, they can ban Darian from <laughs> our favorites. <laughs> uh, Hank Hill, thank you for the four ninety nine. Says Harvick moved next door, and uh, apparently Harvick's a, a bad guy. Twenty uh, seconds. Twenty seconds. Luke, th- Lukeo, thank you for the five dollars. Canadian says, "Bruh, he's a pigeon." Uh, Bernie Sanders is my hero. Says we need two Poconos and two Michigans. Make that what you will. Greasy, greasy nuts. Thank you for the four ninety nine. Uh, we need to see. Uh, the AOC stand says that uh, Richmond needs a rebave with those bad worn out tracks. And the last one we'll read here is from Platinum Paradise. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Last it's- one here from Platinum Paradise says, I think shaving off more, uh, shaving more days off speed weeks makes the Daytona 500 less special. Uh, we'll read the rest of the super chats after we do picks tonight, but right now. We do have a special uh, we have a special deal set up with a special guest, even if he doesn't think he's a special guest, uh, with AJ Almondinger. So uh, I guess I'll just say enjoy. Let's hope this button works. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? We're back again for another interview on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. This week, we're joined by a really special guest, uh, a really winning guest this year, AJ Almondinger. AJ, how's it going today? Doing well. I like that I'm special. Like it's, it might be the first time I've ever been told that. 
Well, I'm, for I'm, a good reason, at least. I'm glad to tell you. I'm glad to tell you for a good reason. Uh, and well, something else that was really special that, that you had was your race at Indianapolis. We were all at it. We got to see you win in person. Uh, and we just, I think we all want to know what was that like just going across the line winning at the Brickyard? Yeah, I mean, really, it was surreal. Uh, it's something that I've dreamed, dreamed about my whole life, whether it was the Indianapolis 500 or, or being there for Brickyard or just, you know, in general racing at Indy, I've done a Rolex race there. And it's one of those places that, you know, I think even if you're not a motorsports fan, you can say the name of the racetrack and they understand the history and what it means. So uh, I was really upset the day before because in the Xfinity race, I thought that was our best opportunity to go win. We were really fast. We sat on pole and, and I made mistakes early in the race and we were able to get back to the lead, but the strategy didn't work out. So after Saturday, I was really upset, disappointed. Um, you know, I knew our, our cup car was, was pretty good, but, you know, for a lot of reasons, whether it's us just being a part-time team or, or, you know, not really having a full-time pit crew, you know, we bring those guys in from, from the truck series. And uh, even at, even really after practice, I thought it was probably one of the worst practices we'd had so far in the cup series when it came to outright speed. I knew we weren't going to be horrible, but, you know, we had like a seventh place, uh, seventh place to 10th place car. So the way that race played out at the end, um, it was almost like coming across the line, like, did this really just happen? Because I feel like so many times I've been on the other side of it where you feel like you should have won and you didn't. And for it to, uh, to play out the way it did and to be able to win it at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in the Cup Series with Collard Racing, uh, you know, we've had gr three great years in the Xfinity Series, but to win in the, the seventh Cup race ever for the race team uh, at such a special racetrack meant the world to me. And it was just one of those things that, you know, my first Cup win at Watkins Glen, it was almost like relief. Like, I don't have to be asked the question anymore, will I, will I win in the Cup Series? So in a way, like you enjoy it, but it's half of its relief. And at Indy, like I try to take every moment possible, whether it was the celebration after or us in victory lane, or really just being out on the front straightaway, kissing the bricks with all the team, like try to take that in and, and just try to remember it because it's, it's moments that for me will live with, with me for the rest of my life and I'll cherish them. You know, speaking of cherish, one thing that I've noticed about you, AJ, and especially I noticed this when I was watching the Michigan race where you won, just how happy you sounded after that win. And one thing I've noticed, it's like, I described your career as being resilient, no matter how big the highs have been, or we know there's been some lows throughout the career as well. I mean, you know, 20, at the end of 2018, didn't know where you'd be standing. Now you're back full time in some capacity. So what's, what's it like when you get those wins? Because to me, it seems like you treat every win as if it might be your last one. I mean, it could be. Like, I, I hope not. It's, uh, I love where we're at at Collard Racing. And, you know, the, opportun the opportunities that Matt Collard and Chris Rice, all the men and women here at Collard Racing that they give me. But, yeah, I mean, it's – I went a lot of years without really even coming close to a win. I mean, it's – you know, my, my first couple of years in Cup – I felt like my first four years, I was like clawing and scratching just to try to hang on and, and be a part of the sport. I was an open wheel guy that came over from Red Bull and hell, we missed over half the races the first year and the second year races. I felt like I was just starting to understand what I was supposed to be doing in a stock car. 
you know, I got let go. And then from there on out, I mean, 2009, I gave pretty much for the most part of the season, every bit of prize money that I got back to uh, Richard Petty Motorsports because we were only supposed to run five or six races to start the year. And, and I was just trying to survive. So, yeah, I've spent a lot of years in, in my life, especially on the NASCAR side of it, just trying to survive, let alone experience what the highs are of winning a race. And, you know, I got those opportunities with Team Penske at, in the Xfinity Series in 2013 and was able to get a couple wins. And then obviously, as I talked about, the, the Cup win in 2014 and then went another four years, five years with, I mean, we had a couple of close races, but nothing spectacular of coming close to winning a race. So, heck yeah. I mean, it's, we're in this to win races we're, and we're in this to enjoy it. So why not? celebrate well, i mean why 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 sit there and get out of the car and give yay and, and then you go to victory lane and and you move on like it's it's uh it's one of these things that now i'm in double digit wins in my nascar life like i never after 2018 i never thought that was an opportunity of happening so heck yeah like we're here to celebrate we're here to have fun with it it's important to to, to not let it get too high and get too low especially when you're trying to make a championship run but i know what the lows feel like so I'm really going to enjoy the highs of, of winning races and, and having college racing there. And, and, you know, whether it's my wife or my family, whatever it may be, like celebrating together because that's what we're supposed to be doing. So why not enjoy it? Now, in the post-race pictures, it looks like you and your team are very, very closer than uh, some of the other teams in the uh, in the uh, garage area. Uh, kind of go into full detail on your relationship with college racing. Yeah, I mean, I can't talk about what other race teams you know and how close they are but you know i'm at a different point in my life like this is probably my last stop in nascar this was a stop i didn't ever expect to happen i didn't know after 2018 i was part of nbc sports and i thought that was like i was kind of making a transition to the next part of my life and i got this opportunity to run a few races and now it's turned into this and i love matt collard i love chris rice i i, I love the men and women at this race team and not is is partners in the sense of like yeah this is my job and and these are the people that i work for and i work with like i truly try to make everybody here my friends and because it's it's one of those things you know i i get on the other side of it if you're a younger driver and you're like okay you know what's my next stop or i just want to make i want to get to cup or or this is what's happening like i love what i'm doing and i try to show my appreciation and and truly Sure, is Matt Collig the car owner and, and at the end of it, my boss? Of course, and I respect that. But I feel like he's way more closer of a friend than he is my boss. And the same thing with Chris Rice and, and all the men and women here. So um, I, I try to show that, and, and I think we try to to live each day at the shop and at the racetrack like that. And sure, at the end of the day, like we're there to go out there and perform. So when it doesn't happen, you're mad and you're frustrated. But I always think if you have each other's backs and you can go to war with these people and good or bad, you know, whether you make a mistake or they make a mistake. Yeah. You can be mad about it. But at the end of the day, you don't bury somebody for it. You try to build everybody up. Like you're only going to be better from it. And I think that's why you see why we're so close and, and whether it's our, the teammates between me and Jeb and Justin or just, the fun that we have at the racetrack and away from the racetrack. Like, I mean, that's, that's true. It's not, it's not fake. And that's why we should be here. You should enjoy the people that you work around. Well, speaking of being close and having each other's backs, uh, 
why is college racing so damn good at super speedway racing? Cause you've got three top fives this year. Is it the cars? Is it the teamwork, the discipline? What do you chalk that up to? I think it's all the above. It's, it starts with fast race cars. Uh, you know, college racing has always been really good at the super speedways. I feel like I've been able to really help on, on the road course side of it. And, and people like Ross and Justin, over the last three years and, and now Jeb being here and, and myself running the downforce cars, like we can kind of help move along that program, but ECR and, and RCR has always been fast on the super speedways that carried into colleague when, when the team started. Uh, and then I really believe that it's going back to that family atmosphere and going back to having each other's backs, you know, as teammates, you have to, at the super speedways, if you can work together, it makes it so much harder for the field to kind of break that up. And especially when you have fast cars and you can run up front and it, and you can dictate the races. Like if you know that as your teammates, sure. You saw at the end of Daytona this year, like we all three side by side, we're there to win the race, but we made sure that it's like, okay, if I can't win the race, like I'm not going to hurt my teammate in the sense of he can't win the race either. And you let somebody else win the race at the end of the day, if a college racing Chevy is in victory lane, then we've all won. And Matt college sets that attitude that trickles down with Chris Rice, and then it trickles down through the rest of the team. So I think that's why we're so good on the super speedways because we have fast race cars, but as teammates, we work together to make sure that if, if we're all up there, it makes it that much harder for anybody else to win. Well, you're talking about getting a, a colleague car in victory lane. Yours has in, uh, been in victory lane a lot this year, three times so far. Uh, I was looking a bit at your season so far. You've led over 350 laps. You've had 15 top fives in 25 races. Like you've been on fire, you're leading the points. What kind of confidence does that give you heading into this final stretch of the season? It gives me a lot of confidence. You know, I think early in the season, we we, we had a couple of tough races. The wreck at the Daytona road course with uh, Austin, that, was, that put us in a deficit. And then Homestead, we were really good all race. And then I got spun out on the restart and I think I finished like 13th or 14th. So I felt like we were kind of in a points deficit when it came to the 22 generally all year. We basically from, I think the fourth race on, we were anywhere from 75 to hundred points back. I would gain 10 one week and then he'd gain it back the next week. Middle of the season, we were trying some stuff and we probably didn't have as much raw speed as we wanted. We kind of survive and run some top fives, but we never really had speed to go win the races. Uh, but over the last few weeks, I really feel like we've kind of honed in on, on what we need to do. We're really building fast race cars because we know obviously whatever happens at Bristol, whether it's a regular season championship or not, we're going to Vegas first or second in the points when it comes to the, the bonus point structure and you can't have any mistakes and you got to unload at Vegas and be at your best. And you got to carry that on through seven playoff races, hopefully if it, if it works out right. So a uh, lot of confidence, you know, I really feel like you said 15 top fives. We've kind of shot ourselves in the foot a few times easily could be 24 or 25 top fives out of all those races. So we're there and I, that's good. When we're not at our best, we're probably a, a fourth to seventh place race car. And when we're at our best, we can go win these races. So uh, a lot of confidence going to Bristol and, and getting ready for the playoffs. It's great if the success has been on the Xfinity side, uh, college racing, going cup racing next year with two full-time cars and uh, Justin Haley being one, you'll, We'll kind of be making a few appearances here and there over the cup side. So two questions here for that. One, what are you looking forward to most about the next gen car? 
And two, welcome back to the All-Star Race. And we're hopefully going to find out the schedule here soon. And I don't think it's been announced where that is, per se. Would you like to be back in Texas, or where would you like to go race the All-Star? Um. Let's let's go racing at a road course. Why not? You know, <laughs> I'm sure you like that. Let's that like I mean, yeah. it's an all star race. Right? Like just let's let's do it at a road course. Um, you know, honestly, it's uh, I don't mind wherever they put the all star race as long as it's a great race. And with the next gen car, you know, as they keep developing it and trying to figure out what the package is really going to look like. Uh, you know, I guess that remains to to be seen. Now you can't hold out on the schedule to see which where the car is going to be good at and, and not good at maybe. Uh, but yeah, I just want it to be a good race. You know, I've, I've been part of the all-star race at Charlotte and, and had, there's been some great races. There also been some boring races at the all-star race. So, uh, you know, Bristol, I, I, I thought it was a cool idea, but to me, the, the race, the way it played out, the short stints aren't great mm-hmm. for Bristol. Uh, maybe that, that aero package that day with, with the car at Bristol wasn't the best. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things that wherever it is, it, it's cool to be a part of. And I'm sure that's, you know, a, a race that we'll, we'll probably do if everything's going right with uh, with the cup side of it and the Xfinity side of it. Um, so it's special to be in, in the all-star race and and to be locked into it. I've had to, I've been locked into it once and I've had to race my way into it. I think I, I did it three times or so. So, yeah, an awesome event to be a part of. And, um, you know, we'll see what with the next gen car, kind of how it keeps developing. I, I've, you know, talked to Kurt a little bit about the road course test and you know maybe we'll do the road course test when it's at the roval but it sounds like it's a cool car on the the road course so that's probably what i'm looking forward to and hopefully we can keep developing it so that it's it's good on all racetracks that we go to now we uh, just talked about this being your best season in nascar up to this point three xfinity series wins one cup series win totaling to four wins so far in 2021 looking back at your karting career um, I, I, um, in the, uh, in the, um, the old, uh, cart series, you had five wins in 2006. So, um, are there any similarities with this season and your best season in Indy cars? Uh, you know, that, that year in champ car was really strange because. Oh yeah. I, it was called it was, champ car at the time. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, it's, it, it was car. It was part of cart, yeah, yeah. car, you know, but you know, it's, that's what was unfortunate about the open wheel side of it for, for so long because they were split and, mm-hmm. uh, we had some of the best racing against Sebastian Bourdais and Paul Tracy, Justin Wilson, but uh, we didn't have all the best guys like Elio and, and, you know, Greg Moore back in the day when, when mm-hmm. he was around and, you know, when the, the, the series had split. So unfortunately we didn't, we didn't have the best of the best altogether, but uh, you know, that was a strange year because it was one of those things where I was with the team that I had been with for a couple of years and we kind of talked and it wasn't going well. And, they decided to go a separate way and I got hired by a new team and then went out and won the next three races and we won five out of nine could have easily won seven out of nine that year really. So, um, but I think it, what resembles that year for me is the fact that when I joined that new team, like it fit like a glove, it was like I had been there forever and everything, even though it wasn't easy, it just seemed like everything ran smooth. Like we didn't have to talk a lot about it. We did our thing and, got out on the racetrack and the cars were fast and uh, we executed and we won races. And that's kind of the way it's felt like with college racing this year, we kind of got on a good path here and, and we know the cars are fast and now it's just about executing, you know, that's something going to the playoffs, at least on the 16 side of it, we probably need to be a little bit better at. Um, there's some races that we haven't executed that we probably could have won this year, but I'm sure a lot of people can say that. So 
but the cars are fast and and it just seems uh, it's not easy but it, it's it's easy and fun coming to the race shop going to the racetrack with with these group of people at college racing and it was the same way back in champ car when i was at forsyth it was like we just showed up at the racetrack and it was just easy being around everybody and, and it made it fun well, before we turn it over to Jarrett with a couple of fan questions, my final question, uh, you've obviously won a lot, raced a lot of different things uh, in your career, but what is the biggest goal uh, that you have yet to achieve uh, that you've set for yourself in the world of racing? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a good question, man. Like I, I don't know if I have any goals. Of course I want to go out there and win as, as many races as possible. Uh, but right now it's, I've been so fortunate in my life. I've been able to say that I've won an IndyCar. I've won a Rolex 24 overall. Uh, I've won now a couple of cup races. I've won an Indy now in, in the cup series. Uh, I've won on an oval in, in the Xfinity series now. So I guess maybe winning an oval in, in the cup series would be a goal. Uh, but other than that, I, I think it's just take it as it comes. Of course, it'd be awesome to go win a championship. Like that, that would be a defining moment. Hopefully we can do that this year. Uh, but you know, the way the, the championships are in NASCAR, like it, that's, it's tough to a get there and then B it's down to one race. So you could have the, the best, you see Kevin Harvick last year, you could have the best season ever, one of the best seasons ever. And, and you don't even make it to Phoenix and you can't define that as, well, it's a bad year because we didn't win a championship, but of course we want to win a championship. Uh, but from there on out, like I I'm just enjoying it. So it's not really like, this is what I have to do. I think it'd be really cool one day to go run Lamar. Like that would be awesome. It was something that stood out to me. My uh, longtime friend that passed away, Justin Wilson, he'd run Monaco. He'd run the Indianapolis 500. Uh, he'd come to some of the NASCAR races to watch me. And he told me the coolest race he'd ever been to and raced at was Lamar, hands down. So Mike Shank told me the same thing when they went over and did that a few years ago. So Lamar would be really cool. But other than that, I'm just taking it as it comes and, and feeling fortunate that I've been able to do a lot of things in my career. So to finish out the interview with you, we have three fan questions. Now people sent in a bunch when we announced that you'd be on, but these I think are some pretty good ones. First one's from Omar. He asks, how did winning at Indy compare to winning your first cup race at the Glen back in 2014? Yeah. So it was, uh, obviously from the sounds of my radio it sounded the same when i crossed the line my my voice went to a different octave that i really knew that it could go to or maybe it should never go to again but um like i said it was like it, it was pure joy both of them but like i got in victory lane at watkins Glen, and and as i said you're excited but part of it is like oh thank god like thank goodness i don't have to answer this question anymore about will I ever win in NASCAR and at least in the cup series. And, and so it's like, you, you have fun with it, but immediately the next day, like you're like, cool. And you're already preparing. I think it was for maybe Michigan or Bristol was the next weekend. And you're already like, Oh, this is great. And you do some interviews and you're like preparing for the next race. Like Indy. I mean, we just, we, we had a great time, nothing crazy that night, but Matt Collig and I and Chris Rice, like we literally just, sat in the driver lot drinking the rest of the night, like staring at the pagoda of, of my name on it. Like it was surreal. I couldn't believe it when like late on the back straightaway, two 30 in the morning. And just like, like some tears finally rolled down. Like, 
I can't believe that this has happened. I've wanted Indy. Like, I'm a part of something really special. And won't lie to you guys, I threw up at 6.30 in the morning on the back straightaway as well. I drank a lot. So uh, I was quite Blimey. excited. And then, like, even leaving the racetrack, as we're pulling out, I was like, oh, my God. And, and Chris Rice like, what? Did you forget something? What's going on? I'm like, does my banner go on the side of this racetrack now? As like a, as a, like a w- indie winner of the cup series. I'm like, so like, I, I think I just cherishing it more because it, it, they both mean a lot to me, but a it's indie and B it's like, I just never expected this after the last couple of years of what happened and, and, you know, not knowing if I was ever going to really race full time again to winning at Indy. So like it, it, it meant the world to me for sure. Winning there. Well, you might have answered this next question from Tyler. Uh, he asked, what's your favorite moment in your racing career? Is it that or is it something else? Indy, for sure, uh, it, it it went to the right at the top of the list. Um, you know, went in my first champ car race on Father's Day after getting, I mean, I'd literally been fired on a Tuesday and went to a different team on Friday, had never met anybody there and, and went and won my first champ car race on Sunday. And it was Father's Day and my dad was there. That was really special. But, you know, I think the the moment at that time and, and now even more special is Rolex 24 because I had tried so many years with Mike Shank to try to win the race. We'd been so close so many times, caught on fire with an hour to go leading the race, dominating the race and something that would happen. So in 2012, winning it with Oz Negri, which had been really instrumental in my career as a young through Skip Barber, uh, with John Pugh, we tried to win it. And then with, with one of my best friends, Justin Wilson, that I always just thought was one of the best in the world and always looked up to for many reasons. Cause he was six, four and I'm like five, one. Um, but, and then with Justin passing away with, you know, a few years later, like that win will always just that experience with Mike Shank, which is a brother to me. And, and for so many reasons, so I'd have to put that and Indy like so close to each other because of, of some different reasons, but because of what it meant in that time and, and what it will mean in years down the road. I just want to point out, we can all, we can all kind of like understand where you're coming from because of our friend Eric here, because you, you don't see it in these little boxes, but he towers over us. Yeah. 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 He's tall. <laughs> yeah. He's taller than Michael Jordan. So yeah. Wait, it's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the last, last question here, you know, we, we, we had said before the interview that we need to be really serious. So we're going to be, it's from Barry Boy Blast. Uh, this got up. <laughs> That's this, a start right there. For okay. sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it got upvoted a, a bunch. Um, he asked top three favorite candy bars. Oh, wow. Candy bars. Mm-hmm. I'm not even. A, damn. I'm not even a candy bar person. But it could just be candy uh, in general. Yeah. Oh, candy in general. Yeah, Can we, candy oh, in general. Fa- oh, favorite all, favorite you know, bars. Okay. This is, too, this is easy. Too, yeah, candy that, bars. Not that serious. Kind of yeah, I get. Yeah, I could do a Snickers, but that was it, you know. But um, maybe a Baby Ruth just for my love of Jeff Gordon back in '91, you know. Uh, candy for sure. Uh, number one, Mike and Ike's. Uh, number two, Swedish Fish. Number three. Hot tamales, and then right behind that is is Sour Patch Kids. And that's pretty good. Nice. That's pretty good. Right. That's a good oh, list. Yeah. <laughs> Respectable. Well, AJ, we've kept you on a while here. Uh, so one, I just want to say thank you for coming on today. And then two, where can people who are watching find you, like on social media or in general? Well, I'm on Twitter. I keep a low profile, so I'm just on Twitter at AJ Dinger. But all the college 
Twitter page, Instagram pages, uh, websites, everything like that. Um, that's where I do a lot of my stuff with because uh, I'm around them all the time. So that's what we do. Well, AJ, once again, thank you for being on. Uh, and now back to the show. And welcome back to the show. Again, a huge thank you to AJ Allmendinger for joining us. That was like almost half an hour he spent chatting with us yesterday. We hope you all enjoyed that. Jarrett, where you've made it to the home stretch of the show, Bristol is this weekend. Mm -hmm. What's next? Oh, well, we got three races this weekend, triple header, baby. Uh, and looking at it here, let me just give you everything you need to know going into the weekend right here. Cup Channels, NBC Sports Network, and PRN Performance Racing Network. Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Same deal, except Friday night at the same time, same networks. Truck Race, FS1, MRN. Uh, so if you're on the road, different channel to look for. Starts Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Yes, tomorrow. it is tomorrow. Good yeah. point. Uh, light, so light race. So looking at the uh, looking at the weather right now, uh, tomorrow is 78 for a high, humid with periods of thunderstorms. 40% chance of rain, so still relatively good. Uh, then looking at Friday, 80 degrees, mostly cloudy and humid, 25% chance of rain. Now, this is awesome. All week, I've been keeping track of the Saturday odds of, of what it looks like for the weather, and it's been like 70% chance of thunderstorms. Well, today just got updated. It's going to be only cloudy, 80 degrees, 25% chance of rain. So it looks Crossed. good, promising, I should say. Uh, now, Darian, what looks promising with the betting odds this week? So according to the VegasInsider.com, the betting odds for this year's Bass Pro Shops night race at Bristol Motor Speedway, Kyle Busch is entering this weekend's race as the clear favorite, plus 400. And uh, well, well, Kyle Larson's not too far back. Never mind. He's only uh, plus 450 entering this weekend. Danny Hamlin's plus 600. Chase Elliott plus 800. And rounding out, uh, rounding out the top five, Joey Logano at plus 1,000. Give us a good long shot or two. Yeah. A uh, good long shot or two. Uh, I mean, let's see. Kurt Busch is entering at 1,500 odds this week. I mean, that's, eh, you can make some money there. I mean, he's a proven winner there, of course. Um, I'd also say, let's see, some other guys. Um, where's Whoa, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is really low. I can't even – oh, there he is. I mean, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., say what you will about him. He's I mean, good at Bristol. He's very good at Bristol. Uh, uh, Bristol. <laughs> Bristol. Bristol enters this weekend at a uh, plus eight hundred. Excuse me. At a at a eight thousand plus odds. So. All right. Last yeah. one. Last one here. Uh, give me the RCR boys. RCR boys. Let's take a look. Tyler Reddick at plus three thousand. Austin Dillon at plus um four thousand as well. So nice. Yeah. So well, watch out for those guys. Well, and we'll need this knowledge. Uh, I will need this knowledge, especially after this week, because of the pick points. Uh, I'm still leading 496 points, but the lead has significantly been cut down by Eric, Darian, and well, everyone. Uh, Eric is down 33 now. Darian is now up to third, minus 67. The chat, y'all are 71 back. Guests, minus 98. And Danny, you're bringing up the rear, minus 111. So hey, what do you have to though. say for yourself? podium y'all let's go i told you i was gonna get back on the podium i mean the chat's still on my neck though so i'm not entirely in the clear yet yeah i love this we'll chat versus darian head-to-head rivalry i think yeah. that's great yeah all right well let's get into race picks right here we'll start out with the truck race winners uh who wants to go first uh darian do you have the guest pick i know we, we who we got for xfinity but 
Do you have uh, guest pick? Let me see. I'll be going I... first since I'm the, the local boy here. Yeah, go ahead. Go All ahead. right. So for my pick this week, I'm actually going to go with Chandler Smith that's going to win at Bristol this weekend. Ooh, I like that pick. That's a good that's, – that's out there. I like it. I like it. So I don't have the guest picks yet. I'm still waiting on them, but um, I'll um, get mine out of the way. Um, John Hunter Nemechek, I'll go with him. Showed a pretty awesome – had a pretty awesome run in the Xfinity race at Richmond, giving Sam Hunt racing their first ever top five. And, I mean, we know we can, what uh, he can do, do in the uh, truck series, so we'll see what happens. Make sure we keep track of the chat here. Are uh, Eric and I going to have, like, a standoff who goes first? I was just double-checking one thing. The chat made me confu- concerned. Ooh, what? I don't like that truck, though. So Sam Mayer's racing, but it's mm. it's the 32 truck. Ah, I, I don't uh. know if he can overcome that. Uh, all right, I got my pick, everyone. Say it with me. Say it with me. Sheldon Creed. Three. He's going to go three for three sweep the first round of the truck series playoffs. I'm calling it. Uh, I was going to go with John Hunter Nemechek as well. Man has the hot hand in general, has the most bonus points, has nothing to lose. I think okay, he's going to so, go uh, for g- it. The guest pick also picks Sheldon Creed. Creed. Well. So. And, and also, now, congrats, what... to, congrats to Creed on uh, the uh, RCR deal for next year, too. That's right. Chad is looking like John Harnimichek. Yeah, I saw a lot of John yeah. Hunters. Let me yeah. refresh it. Yeah, John Hunter. <laughs> is Alfredo in there? Someone said Fast Pasta. Uh, is he racing? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. It's a playoff but, yeah. race. I don't think cup guys are allowed in playoff races. Point. It's cool. it, It's looking like John Hunter, but there's a lot of there's there's a lot of creeds. It's just a lot of stuff, but John Hunter is They like, like all of our picks. I see nothing but John Hunter, Sheldon mm-hmm. Creed and Chandler Smith. So we did good, y'all. See, we did oh, good. Yeah. I see Chandler Smith as same guy saying it. So. Yeah, I see Smith, Hunter and Creed. <laughs> I love how they make Creed's name. Look <laughs> how long it is. I love it. Creed. It's between Creed and John Hunter. Yeah. Uh, what are we? What are we thinking? I I think it's. it's I think close. it's John Hunter. They yeah, can't spell it's... Creed's name. I see Creed's. <laughs> Cre- Cre- I see Creer. Yeah, Creer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I won't put him. It's Scott Creed. I'm going to put him down for John Hunter. So the chat and Darian will be tied at least with the truck race tomorrow. Hmm. I'm the only one who's got a real chance to like hope for something crazy. We'll see what happens. Well, okay. who do we got for Xfinity? We're going now, the same order here. Let's obviously, go. obviously for the guest pick, it's AJ, of course. I mean, of course, yeah. So yeah, 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 that's a given. But uh, who's going? Oh yeah, Danny's going first. Go ahead. Uh, he's won here before on a hot streak. No, Gregson. That's a good one. Uh, let me ask this question: Is Ty Gibbs in the event? Uh, yes, he is. No, yeah. Ty Gibbs, Ty Gibbs, of course. You know what it is. Ty Gibbs, everybody. Uh, I, this is a tough one because Sam Mayer has not impressed me this year in Xfinity. Some of it has been the car, but he himself has made some mistakes, I think. He's looked a little overmatched at times, just like a young teenager learning, of course. Yeah, He's had his moments. But, but, he's had some moments. But, yeah. but he, was, he had top five speed in that 99 car at Richmond. And Bristol's been his stomping grounds. He won here. He dominated here at 17 years old in a truck. I'm going to go with my boy Sam Mayer. This is a risky one, but I think Sam Mayer is going to be in the top five. And I think, honestly, it's going to come down to him, Gibbs, and Gregson. I think those are going to be the three at the end of the day with Allgaier in the the wings, you know. Man, we're all going to pick different people. This is going to be an interesting Xfinity race. I'm picking Allgaier because Mm. Allgaier – 
I looked back and this year, for some reason, people who have done well in the past can close it out. You know, like who've done well and not won in the past have can close it out this year. It just seems like it's been a trend. Allgaier has led the most laps in the last four Xfinity races at Bristol by a wide margin. I think he gets the job done finally. The season feels a bit different. I'm going Justin Allgaier. I literally just double checked to make sure Mayer was in the eight car and not like the 99 or something this week. Yeah, so we're yeah. good. We're good. And now we got the chat because the guest, like we said before, is AJ, AJ. Allmendinger. Yeah. So what do we got for the chat? Uh, right now, I saw Allmendinger a few times. Well, now I don't. Never mind. <laughs> I've seen I a couple. See. Couple. I've been, been seeing Meyer a lot. I've been seeing a lot of sevens too, and it's it's from different people. Well, well, I see a lot of Harrison Burton picks now. Yeah, there's a few from Burton, which is weird. Yeah, coming in fast now. Let's see, we got Gregs. Oh, Eric Eastup got one. Hey. There's like four or five people doing the Harrison Burton. It's pretty lines. split. I'm seeing so many. Like, there you go, nine and eight and a seven, and then Harrison so right in this? a row. Like, should we have them put the numbers in? Yeah, go numbers. numbers in, guys. Yeah, go, go numbers, numbers with it. But it's looking like they're going with a uh, junior motorsports car, perhaps. I, I saw a lot of Gregsons in a row for a second there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, now we're getting the numbers. Let's see. 54. Well, someone picked me. I'm not racing, but thank you. Oh, I see a lot of nines. Yeah. A lot of nines. Noah. Noah. Picking the red, Noah. Picking the like. red hot hand. They're yep. going with me. Is that – no offense, Danny. Is that a good choice? <laughs> I mean, Chad's doing better than I am, so. (laughs) Good point. All right. Who's going to suck in the cup race? Who's going to suck, Danny? Uh, Who is going to suck? Tell you who's going to suck. Alex Bowman's going to suck. Oh, crap. Do I have to pick him to win now? (laughs) No, don't pick him here. He is legit going to suck. You told uh, me that at Richmond. He's legit going to suck here. You told me that at Richmond. He's, he's really going to suck here. <laughs> I mean it. I swear if he wins, that would be the greatest meme ever. He I'll probably go. will because I'm not there, and I'm not even going to be getting to watch this race, so he probably is, but he's going <laughs> to suck. Uh, I'll continue. I'll go with Michael McDowell. He's already a dead man walking this weekend in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so vivid. He is, y'all. Damn. <laughs> I mean, he you just chop the low-hanging fruit, why don't you? Hey, he's entering this week. He's not going to make it. But, but watch him win miraculously all of a sudden. But nah, Michael and McDowell. Or, watch it get rained out, and he's, like, out there during green flag pit stop. <laughs> yeah, just somehow the 34 gets another rain short and win again somehow miraculously. But, yeah, unfortunately, Michael McDowell. I'll go with Alex Bowman as well. Uh, they just haven't been as fast as the other Hendrick cars. Uh, well, they were faster than Byron last week, I guess, but that wasn't a huge accomplishment. And as Danny says, as we've mentioned, his numbers at Bristol are, have not been great the last couple of years. So I think Bowman struggles. So I went back and I looked at uh, who would sucked in the past couple of races, and I was surprised by who the guy who turned out to be my pick sucking, whether it was just finishes or stuff happening or whatever. Martin Truex Jr., can't finish in the top 10 at Bristol. He, he gets wrecked really good, but he usually gets in a crash. That's like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going MTJ. Who's our guest got? Somebody said David Starr gets parked lap 11. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who, who, who's our guest got, Darren? Um, oh, oh, um, oh, suck. Oh, he didn't even give me suck picks. No, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We don't need sucker dark horse. Uh, he gave me the win pick, though, at least. Chat saying 34. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm seeing McDowell. A bunch of McDowell. 
right. All right. Who's our dark horse for Bristol this weekend? Uh, he's forever in our hearts, Maddie B. <laughs> That's a good one, though. Yeah. Um. You know, I, this is a tough one. You had me personally. I was gonna pick either Daniel Suarez, Maddie D, Tyler Reddick, Bubba Wallace, or or, or uh, Eric Amarola. But then I thought, I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's on a roll. Ross Chastain, obviously. So, yeah, that's my dark horse pick. Yeah, that's going to be my dark horse as well. I feel like I should pick somebody else just to talk about somebody else. He's but just too good. Yeah, He's Chastain's good. been shockingly fast the last couple of weeks. I think he continues it. Oh, Man. I know. Well, well my, guest thought... finally, my guest finally said Bowman for suck. And for the dark horse pick, they picked uh, Stemhouse. They said Stemhouse. Instead of well, that's a good one. I'm surprised no one has brought up this guy. He was good with his past team. 43 has shown a lot of speed. Eric Jones, man, he's mm-hmm. he's a dark horse. I Might remember 2017. I remember 2017, his rookie year. He almost beat KFB here. Well, oh, not even, even that in the last couple in general. He's been he's yeah. he was very good at Bristol, and I'm surprised that have some faith in him, him, Eric. You have to have some faith in him. Oh, I think one. he's fine. I just think a great run for him will be 14th. I I remember 2019. <laughs> he had probably the best car, and then slapped the wall racing to Benedetto late in the race. So yeah. that right. was rough. All right, who's the check got? Uh, I see a well, it's 43, but it's the same guy. It's the same, it's the same guy. Yeah, all right, chat. Who do y'all got? Let's see, Christopher Bell or Maddie D. Somebody says he's putting the same thing, yeah. And somebody predicts Eric will sweep the weekend. That's a major points and implications. I gotta sweep my floor and clean my kitchen this week. It's a mess. (laughs) He's gotta sweep it first, (laughs) yeah. Just just put numbers in right now, yeah. Let's put numbers in, guys. Seeing a, a couple for uh, De Benedetto, and then a couple for yeah. Kurt Bush, and then a couple for Kevin Harvick, and some for forty twos, and then two for Blaney. Like it's two, I see keep seeing them in pairs. They are, they are in pairs. Jeez, <laughs> Maddie D. I see Maddie D. Ross Chastain. I, see I, I think I'm seeing a lot of McDowell's, which is funny. I'm I think it's just one guy, but I think it's Chastain, honestly. Yeah, I'm yeah. seeing forty two a lot. And from I'm seeing people. one a lot too. I mean, I see some fours, but Harvick, he's not a – I don't know. I, wouldn't I don't know. There's a lot for Kurt yeah. Busch. But oh, is Kurt, Kurt Busch really isn't an underdog, though, is he? Well, he's on the cut no. line, so you could maybe At Bristol, argue. though? Yeah, Kurt I, Busch? I, I, would, yeah, I wouldn't consider true. him an underdog at Bristol. We'll put Chastain down for All him. Right, that's good. We'll put it's Chastain, not like it's guys. Point. Yeah, we'll put Chastain. All right, Darren. So Here. now, ladies and gentlemen, who's going to win? Who's going to win? At Bristol, yo. Danny? Easy pick, Kyle Busch. Dang, that easy, huh? Damn. Yeah, because he was quick. And? Yeah, for sure. Ed. <laughs> Ed. And um, he'll throw bricks in the air. I don't know. That's a good <laughs> prediction. He probably will. Look, listen, right. man, listen, man. The Toyotas, they seem to have it figured out for the playoffs at the moment. You know, we already saw Hamlin won. Already seen Truex win. You know what? This might. I, I'm taking a bit of a risk here. To it's, it's a bit of a risk here, but you know, we know his know talents. Going with this. We know some talents elsewhere. You know, he has other. Uh, he uh, certainly has other talents elsewhere too. But you know, at Bristol, uh, you know what? Let me let me get a little risque here. Christopher Bell. I say Christopher Bell oh, takes the victory. I knew he was going Let's go. there. Let's do it. Christopher Bell. Bottom again. Shock you. everybody, man. Just watch. Which I think he'll. He'll um, surprise us a little bit. Already, ain't you, Yeah. So, 
I already locked in. I think Christopher Bell, he'll get it done at Bristol. I haven't been a big fan of Kyle Bush's sort of attitude to begin these playoffs. I feel like he's a little in his own head. He's a little uh, he's a little disorganized at the moment, I think. He's, he's letting things get under his skin. He's making mistakes. Uh, his team made a mistake last week, but I think he wins at Bristol. Back against the wall, best track for him. I think he wins it. Well, Eric, you're really going to have to depend on your uh, on Sam Meyer beating Justin Allgaier and Sheldon Creed beating John Henry Nemechek because I'm also picking Kyle Busch this weekend. Okay. I just think man finished second last year in a really down year. He's not completely back to where he was before 2020, but he's still at a really elite level. I don't think Kevin Harvick beats him, and I don't see anyone else really rising to the occasion to beat him. So I'm going Kyle Busch on this one. Okay. So who's left our who do our, do we get give our guest pick? Oh, the guest picked Chase Elliott to win. Oh, yeah. it seems to be where the chat's leaning as well. There's a lot of nine. There's a lot of five. Well, yeah, the nine. The there's nine. one person putting nine. On I that. see a lot I'm of new nines nine. though. A coming lot up. more than one person. There's, there's a lot. I know, but there's one that's like spamming it. Right yeah, now. it's it's. I think it's. I think it's leaning Elliott at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Mickey Elliott, there you go. <laughs> hey, he's, he's, uh-huh. He won the All Star race here last year, and he won. Uh, was it the spring race last year? No, no, he, my he, bad. He only ever won the All Star race. Only won the All Star race. Who won the spring race? That was the one that. Uh, Brad Keselowski. Uh, won. That's right, mm-hmm. Elliott. That's right. That's the one. Logano, Elliott door slammed Logano. <laughs> There's some small influxes of 18s, but I, I'm. I think it's Elliott. Yeah, we'll yeah. go with the Elliott. mouse. Elliott. Sing that Mickey oh. Mouse Clubhouse theme. Oh. Yep. Piss off a Chase Where's Elliott Where's my money, Marsh? Oh boy. Oh my God, that was actually really good. That was a good one. Hey, that I used to one. I used to live with that guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, th- well, that's the race picks. Let's get to these final super chats tonight, shall we? And then we'll announce our guest for next week. Sorry, uh, that should be really exciting. This. Eric, he was more like a landlord. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's it. that is true. All right. Flying Gator, thank you for the 199. Remember the last time Larson raced on Easter? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> oh, um, oh, oh. Took me a second. It, well, it's, it's on dirt. So. Can anyone hear him? Uh, all right. Uh, that's, Samuel bad. Mc- that's bad. <laughs> Samuel McDaniel uh, says $5. Uh, I don't know if y'all heard, but Starcom is shutting down after this year, possibly. That's why they sold their charter to Spire. Yep. Flying Gator, thank you for the 199. Says Larson was too busy, so he took a year break. <laughs> Damn. Scott McNew, thank you for the five bucks, man. Says uh, only state that I've been that I don't like is Ohio. It's like driving through there whenever I travel for, or I dread driving through there whenever traveling for a race. Well, I stopped in Ohio. It wasn't awful, but it, I mean, it wasn't anything good. Um, Scott Piss, or, or Hot Piss. Says, Scott, you don't have to hate on my homeland like that. Uh, Scott, oh, crap, I just redid it. Oh, yeah, Scott McNew says for $5, an idea, lock in Homestead, Martinsville, and Phoenix for the last three races and rotate them. I like that. That's a good idea. Uh, Scott says, also, really dumb question, what is Bucky's? We explained that earlier. Keegan, thank you for the $5. Says, thanks for answering my mailbag questions. You guys rock. Well, you rock. That was an awesome question, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sean Taylor says 
a trailer. I thought I said Sean Taylor for a second. Says for four ninety nine. Hot take. I think Harvick is the best NASCAR driver. I think he'd have more wins than Larson if he was in the five and would have won the regular season championship too. I don't entirely disagree. I, I think I think he'd be definitely right right up there. Um, it's just hard to it's hard to guess. Well, I that. think he's a cheater boy like all the other guys. Jeez. Oh, uh, hot piss. Thank you for the one ninety nine. Says uh, Eric is trying to hide that he's going to Bristol. No cap. I uh, wish, but no, unfortunately not. Yeah, I, I wish too, but just stuff. Uh, Camden Jester, uh, thank, thank you for the four dollars and twenty cents. Says this is my favorite NASCAR podcast. And then I can't. I wonder if I scroll up if I see it. Crap, it's already gone past it. Burritos left a four ninety nine, but I can't see what it is. Like, cause that's just YouTube it's has this thing set up. Um, if some crap, if there's like one more, I can pause the chat and then read burritos here. That's the thing. I gave four nine nine to go get a burrito. What? Mm, you said his name is burritos, right? Yeah. I said just the same. I gave you four nine nine to go get a burrito. I, I might, I might after the race, I get one of those like nice Taco Bell, like grilled chicken ones. I like grilled chicken. Um, well, thank you guys for your super chats. I'm sorry, burritos. I didn't, re- I, I wasn't able to read it. It's not popping up on here. Yeah. And I can't scroll um, back to it either. I was again. trying to find it. Oh, thank you. Chris Cahill. That helps. Uh, cause when it up, <laughs> Oh, he said a great interview with Carly, uh, Mc- <laughs> Oh yeah. Cause it had, oh. <laughs> that's the PR. Yeah. That's the PR. And then, uh, Chris Cahill, thank you for the Canadian five. Uh, would you move Talladega as a cutoff race in the playoffs? to bring the same intensity as Daytona does for the regular season finale. Personally, I wouldn't. I like where it's yeah, at now. It's just, I like having a recovery in the past, It used to be a cutoff race. It, and it was fine. Yeah. It was exciting, but it's fine where it's at. I like the Roval as a cutoff yeah. race is also fun. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that wraps up Super Chats, unless any more pop in. So uh, I guess we can preview next week, next Wednesday, September 22nd. We're on Darian's channel, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central. Mm-hmm. Darian, who are we going to be joined by? We are going to be joined by one of the best stop motion YouTubers in the game. The one and only Miscraft will be. Oh, yeah, that's how you say his name, right? Yes. Okay, I was making sure. So, Miscraft, I watched some of his stuff. It's awesome. Follow him on Twitter, too. Awesome guy. Spectacular to have him on next week only on BFM, 8 o'clock, or excuse me, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah. Can't wait. That's going to be exciting. I met him at uh, Darlington. He came up and started talking to me, and I didn't realize who he was at first. And then his voice, I was like, wait a second. And then yeah, uh, yes, then I asked, I was like, wait, what? you have a channel, right? And that's when he, I felt really foolish. But he was really cool. Great to have him on the show next week. Uh, I'm excited for that. And, yeah, we'll be on Darian's channel. Good times. Yep. It'll be awesome. All right. Maybe keep a lookout on Saturday on my channel for something, maybe Saturday night. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think that covers it, guys. What do you guys yeah. think? We're Think good. We roll this baby yeah. out. Yeah, let's end it. Let's end it off here. I gotta get some right. Taco Bell. All right, I'm in control. Know. My bad. Oh, let, oh gosh. Let me know when the outro starts up. It's starting. It's <laughs> starting now. And it's gone. It was it dead silent. How does that happen? It didn't. It didn't cut out uh, ba- as bad this yeah, time. It does, but... Goodbye. <laughs>
Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.